0: Welcome to episode 112 of the Cinefessions podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name is Brandon Chowan. and joining me tonight is my co-host, Mark Nadeau. Mark, how's everything going for you this week?
1: Uh, This week, good. Good. I'm on days off right now. Hell yeah. Uh, My day consisted of going to the gym at uh, 10.30 after waking up at 9, and then house cleaning up until five minutes ago. So, (laughs) house is clean. I'm still my workout high. No, that's not true. I'm not in my workout high anymore. But I can tonight <laughs> after we finish recording, I can actually sit down in, in in comfort and cleanliness and enjoy a flick or two.
0: Fantastic. Well, tonight we are uh, going to discuss the seventh and final film in our Corman Poe cycle with the Tomb of uh, Tomb of Lygia. Lygia. I fucking I wrote it down how to say it, and I still fucked it up.
1: Well, the way I pronounce it is like Ligia. I -i (laughs) I think I think you're right. I think you're right. The tomb of Ligia, which oddly enough, I thought I was watching the wrong film because they never (laughs) pronounced it that way. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Anyway, the tomb of Ligia from 1964. We're also going to move on to round 42 of the Best in the Backlog Challenge, discussing Malibu High and Welcome (laughs) to the Punch, (laughs) and then finally. Yeah. And finally, we're going to reveal where we're going to go from here for our next podcast arc that'll finish up 2017. So make sure you stay tuned for that announcement.
1: But every time you mention you know, where we're we going to go from here, I think of mm-hmm. the Buffy episode that's a musical in season six. Mm-hmm. Where they sing at the end, you know, where do we go from here? So every, every time I, you, you mention that, and like to see what direction the podcast is going to next, right? I can hear Giles and uh, Anya singing. You know, where do we go from? And I'm not gonna. That's as far as I'm gonna go. But uh, uh, I just, I just hear, I hear that song every single time you say it. You know, we should do a podcast musical. Has anybody done yeah. that yet? There. <laughs> Oh man, what a great idea. Like we actually, not that we review musicals, no, no. but the whole yes. podcast itself is a musical.
0: <laughs> God damn. Oh. oh, you and your fucking million dollar ideas. I love it. He thinks I need some
1: vocal training.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Oh. That'll be on the uh, the vinyl release of the Cinefessions podcast. And when we uh, get to that.
1: I would just so hard if we had a vinyl release of an episode <laughs> right on the needle. Unplayable.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we have to record one specifically like an hour long so that we can fit it onto a, to a
1: pretty much my week in media done.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right now, oh, man. Anyway. So yes. let's talk about how you can find us on social media. So you can find us at Cinefessions on Twitter, Instagram, youtube and facebook and you can email us at contact and you can leave us a voicemail if you want to be part of an upcoming show at 1-302-448-TALK that's 1-302-448-8255 so definitely hit us up on that voicemail if you've never done that before we'd love to hear from you guys there also check out our long list of past reviews and all 112 podcast episodes right on over at cinefessions.com And if you're a fan of the show, please do us a huge favor, leave us a review on iTunes. Those iTunes reviews are essential to helping us grow, so we thank you guys in advance for your support there. And as we've been saying, just as importantly, if you do like the show, just tell a friend about us. The more people that know we exist, the more people that can try us out, and hopefully they'll uh, like listening to what we have to say just as much as you do. So yes, we thank you for the support both those ways by leaving us review and by telling your friends
1: about us. So we thank you guys very much. Yes, Thank you for being a friend.
0: Thank you for being a friend. See, we're getting into it, man. Da, da,
1: da, da. <laughs> uh, if I had the words in front of me, I'd
0: probably sing the next <laughs> exactly, verse. Exactly. I know. Man. I oh man. Quick. Right. All right, Mark. So yes, let's talk about your week here. This your past week in media and life and happiness. Uh, and everything.
1: Yeah. Well, movie wise, um, I saw one film this week. Oh wow, uh, that was it yeah, man, uh, b- between the podcast obligations, me watching the film two, three times, um, I have no time right. for anything else. Um so I saw this movie at work on a night shift, uh, because okay. I have not watched anything at home. Um so I watched Officer Down oh, from 2016. Okay. Um I didn't post about this, but I bought this a few weeks ago when I went to the States to pick up some mail at Walmart. It The reason why I heard about the film is that it's a Magnet release film, and I followed him on Instagram. So I saw some some adverts for it, and it sounded kind of cool where it's this cop.
0: I remember that. I remember you talking about it.
1: Yeah. So Kim Coates is this officer. His name is Officer Down with an EATN, and uh, he's like a super cop, but keeps getting killed, somehow gets reincarnated, and continues a job. Um so I bought it just based on that because it's based apparently off a comic book or graphic novel. I don't know exactly. Um but it sounded really cool so it had my money when I saw it. Now it's uh, directed by Sean Crahan and I guess those who enjoy shitty music. He's clown from uh, Slipknot. So a lot of the advertisings is like directed from by a clown from Slipknot. That was not a factor in my purchasing this movie. Um, but does explain probably why I did not like this film at all. Um, it's CGI heavy. Um, you know, it, this is an action film. Yeah, sure. It, it, is it really a horror film? No, it's an action film. That's fu- That's stupid. Yeah. So the main bad guy in or bad guys in the film is this group called the fortune 500 and they're dressed up as animals. Uh, well, they're they're furies or furries. <laughs> I said that twice. <laughs> <I> uh, <know. laughs> so funny. folks uh, oh, we really had a technical so glitch funny. during my first run through <laughs> of and I said furies. instead of the furries as well the last time. I guess I'm trying to be authentic here. uh it's Yeah. Awesome. So they're not warriors from the. They're not a game of the warriors, but they're full blown uh furries. Um, no explanation <laughs> to why uh, in the film. Yeah. I guess it's like that in the uh, in the source material, but I like which is a graphic novel. Is that right? I, graphic novel, comic book series. I don't know, uh, but okay, let's just say graphic novel. It sounds more prestigious, um, <laughs> right? Yeah. What's the difference? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> black and white color, whatever. Um, so yeah, so there's no explanation why. It, so I don't know if they're actual a- anamorphic uh, animals. Uh, or if they are actually people under a suit and that's just their gimmick, which I found was kind of lame. Um, of course, you know, they want to kill Officer Down, but they want to do it themselves. So they hire Hitman. And I think his name was Grandmaster Flash? Uh, Zen Master Flash. So he's this uh, Asian master, uh, but he's also <laughs> black. So what I found funny, it was a funny gang, is that they dubbed him like they would an old... Uh, um and accent Flick. So the way he's okay with the with the way uh his mouth moved which That's was actually funny. kind of funny. I didn't enjoy that. Um and there was also another bad guy or I guess boss uh crime boss, Mother Supreme. Um and it was this really hot nun. Um nice. Played by Middle Williams and if I checked her IMDb, um she's 51. Oh wow. Holy fuck, she's like she looks like she's 30, like Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And plus she was wearing a nun outfit. So it was was really hot. Um, Mm Alison Lohman is also in the film as her uh, henchwoman, uh, another nun. um, Best known for, I guess, uh, Grab Me to Hell. Grab Me to Hell? Take Me to Hell? What was that movie? Drag Me me to Hell. That's it. Um, And also she played the the girl in uh, Magic Man. But uh, apart from that, um, actually, Lauren Velez, she plays a police chief. She's probably best known as the chief in Dexter, as well as the doctor in the Oz show from HBO. Um, so I knew a few people, and of course, Kim Coates is awesome, but uh you want him to be Tig from Suns Anarchy, and he's not. Um, but again, hmm. the special effects really sucked. The action kind of sucked because it was all CGI, you know, blood bullets, or I mean, uh, like uh, animated bullets, shitty gunfire, a lot of strobe lights, a lot of fake optical lens flares. I didn't like it. Um, I'm trying to look what I gave this year. I gave it one and a half stars. I, I was really disappointed by that. Um, yeah. So that's all for me, movie-wise. Uh, I guess since the last podcast, a uh, reason why I've only watched one movie is that I also went to another wrestling show. It was on the Thursday. Yeah. Those who watched Impact Wrestling, uh, or those who <laughs> watched Impact, um, I'm in this week's episode as well. I should be in the second row facing the camera uh, wearing a blue toque. So uh, if anybody cares, I'm there. Um autographs could be sent to Cesion, to Centi City. Um uh, Peel Box. <laughs> um But my my big highlight, uh, as much fun as the wrestling was, my highlight was uh yes was it yesterday? What well, day were today? Today's Wednesday. On Monday night. So if you're listening to this on Friday, earlier this week, I uh went to Montreal to see John Carpenter uh live in concert yes. playing uh his uh, film scores. So That was so cool. It was like an eighty-minute show. It was really uh, low key. Like, you know, you think at a rock show, but he's cheering and yelling, and like everybody's respectful Mm -hmm. until the end, and everybody claps and cheers and hollers. He had screens in the Mm -hmm. background uh, showing scenes of his films of the music he's playing for. So that was really cool. My only regret is not splurging for a meet and greet VIP ticket. Um, oh, okay. At the time like fuck, two I think it was like 250. Like that's expensive. Um but right. I would have gotten oh, yeah. my Christine poster sign, my Fog poster sign, gotten the picture with him. It, ugh, shit. I, I think it's worth it. I, I should have and I didn't. You know. He's my favorite director of all time and I didn't splurge. But the ticket was 60 bucks. I didn't splurge like some 120 to meet him backstage. So, I'm really bummed by that. I really am. Um so, yeah. but the show itself, like he started off with the theme or the opening song from uh, Escape from New York, and you know that song's pretty cool to start off with. And then you see like the uh, the digitized the New York skyline sh- forming in the background, and it was really cool. Like you know, he didn't talk too much between songs, um, which is fine. And then he did play some stuff from Lost Themes. Um, I think they were all from Lost Themes. Okay. I don't think there were any from Lost Themes too. But you know, again, yeah. oh. very cool. I had a blast. Um, Melissa had a blast. I went with my buddy Tony as well. And uh, awesome. yeah, we're all big. Well, me and Tony were big carpenter nerds. Melissa, she came because I asked if she wanted to come. She said, yeah. But I think she appreciated the concert too. Right. Uh, I'm slowly showing her the carpenter stuff. Uh, I just have this little thing called <laughs> the Alpha to Zooda, the Alpha Challenge, which picks up most of my <laughs> life. I have to say, though, I am one movie down. I only have 25 more to go. So, <laughs> so he yay yes. me. Mid-November. For you. Uh, boy. Right. Uh, you man, I, I honestly i don't know if i do <laughs> i'm actually excited that we're <laughs> off next week because it's next week to watch it because oh, you know right, between right. the wrestling oh yeah and then in, uh, next weekend um i have two wrestling shows on a friday saturday night so that kills a oh, lot wow. of time yeah I'll be get very out? drunk um so <laughs> yeah I, I have to stop going out that that's my problem But after the wrestling, I really have nothing. oh, yeah, my parents are in town in about two weeks. (laughs) So, that's really going to help me. Right. I I need to do this. I'm so close to the end. I need to finish Mm -hmm. this challenge. (laughs) Anyways, am am I kind of shitting bricks a bit? Yes. Mm -hmm. I am a little nervous. um, Because, like, my other challenge weeks or series were kind of easy, especially Netflix. I could download and then hook it up to my iPad and then network and stuff. But these are now... I'm getting to the kind of the nitty gritty of my DVDs where it's a lot of grindhouse films, uh, maybe some, some soft Corey ish films, which I don't think I'm going to bring to work to watch. So I'm kind of <laughs> scraping the bottom <laughs> of the barrel right now for DVDs. Right. So, That's uh, hilarious. yeah. So this last run should be interesting. Uh, I've got a few uh, lined up now for my, uh, for the next few letters. And, uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens. But, um, yeah, so long story short, uh, Carpenter was awesome. Uh, the wrestling was, uh, last Thursday was awesome. Still did not see fucking Rosemary wrestle. I went there three oh, times. and no? just saw the one running, and that's it. Pissed. Shame. But at least they got uh, a T-shirt for her that was out on Thursday. So bought, so Melissa got me a T-shirt and I bought a hat. So yay. But Good. I would like to see her wrestle live. That'd be kind of cool. Um Right. And apart from that, mm. uh, TV-wise, uh, well, we finished Stranger Things 2. Okay. And the uh, last time we actually, we started Crazy Heads. So we're in- I don't know that. It's a British show about this girl who's got mental health issues. She just got off her medication. But now, for some okay. reason, can see people. And there's, like, there's, think of They Live without even yeah. the sunglasses. And this is the girl. She oh. sees some people that look like fire or zombies or something, you know? Um, huh, so again, an episode and a half in, um, I'm not that into it just yet. I don't know how long the series is. I think it's probably like eight episodes or so, um, but mm-hmm. it hasn't captured me yet. So okay, no. I'll I'll finish it because then, um, oh, Punisher starts on the 17th. So after we watch Crazy Heads, we're going to start uh, Marvel's The Punisher on Netflix, which I'm very excited for. Um, Apart from that, I guess that's it for me. It seems like I've done a lot, just not enough movie wise. Yeah, I'm watch- I'm still playing Zelda. Um, I bought the new Mario, okay. but I'm still playing Zelda. I'm about seventy hours in now, and it's like, it's like a light flicked on for me with Zelda, where uh-huh. I'm like, I had all these shrines that I had you know visited, but I couldn't finish the puzzles, and I've been on a tear getting these shrines done without any help online. Nice. Um, yeah, I don't. I think that's cheating. But, uh, yeah, I'm like, it's finally clicked. I'm like, yeah, we know you puzzles. have a lot of opinions about
0: video games. We know, Mark. We know. I do.
1: I do. You know what's great about this game? There's no difficulty level.
0: So Right. Exactly. You know?
1: So I, I guess I think I'm playing on extra hard. That's what, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> but, oh, uh, man. But, yeah, so I'm still a waste, a yeah. waste to go. And I kind of really want to finish the main story before I jump to another game. Yeah. Uh, but I have, a, I have a backlog of Switch games now. Because okay. I, I I played Arms once when I went to Winnipeg back in freaking July. Mm. I've got that Mario Rabbids game, which apparently is awesome, and I got that Mario game plus some stuff I bought off the uh, Nintendo store. Right. So I've already got a fucking deluge of games, and <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I've so, officially
0: uh, I've officially asked for a Switch for Christmas. So hopefully that happens. We'll see if uh, Santa's nice to me this year.
1: If you get it, send me your friend code. We'll uh, we'll yep. do it up online. It'll be fun. Absolutely. But yeah, I guess that's it for me.
0: Awesome! Yeah. yeah, so next year we need to like be or Well, not we because I was smart with my challenges, but you need to be what smarter with your challenge so that oh, way it's not oh. taking over your whole life. I'm sorry, I thought it was
1: called a challenge. <laughs> this is this is <laughs> challenge. Can we remind the the, the crowd uh, what everybody picked? Uh, well, I'll, I'll remind my my, my peoples. Uh, yeah. So for my challenge was to at least see one movie in a the theater a month, which mm-hmm. I've done uh, easily. Um, it was to watch at least one Netflix show a month, which I've done as well, and my Alpha to the Alpha Challenge to watch uh, movies in my in my uh, collection I haven't seen yet, but yeah. start from the letter A to the letter Z, and then back to letter A again three times. So I'm on my sixth leg of my trip right now, mm-hmm. and I'm doing my last uh, run of the alphabet with my DVDs. So See, those are my me. challenges. So can't yeah. let it take over your life. Yeah. So what are – okay, and I'm doing this in air quotes right now. What are your challenges?
0: <laughs> oh, man. So I, I was going to listen. See, I was – I've done I'm, – I'm not a rookie to this. You know, I've done this before. So I have figured I have to do things that are attainable, that aren't going to uh, take over my life. Attainable, so entertaining,
1: I, whatever. You know, okay, continue. Continue. continue okay.
0: Sorry, sorry. Listen to at least 26 albums, which I did at the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. Watch 52 unwatched Blu-rays or DVDs from my collection, which that's, I am that's uh, that's like tough. well over 70.
1: Yeah, then, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: Beat at least five video games. I've almost doubled that. I will double that in a couple of days okay. here. Okay. Uh And then 130 issues of comic books or 26 graphic novels slash trade paperbacks. And that one I'm, is one I'm still working oh on. Good. Okay. Uh, and that's everything that's that I'll-
1: That's a lot. No, oh, that's, so. that's a lot though.
0: It's a lot. It's not a ton, but I mean, it's- uh, <laughs> it, it, it's uh, it's doable, you know, but, and that's that's the, the goal. Point, oh, and release
1: forty-one podcast episodes. The point of so. a challenge is to fucking challenge yourself. So I'm pushing myself to the limits, man. I'm like an over the top and I'm driving the truck and I'm working on that arm. I'm working on my arm <laughs> wrestling arm, just like Stallone <laughs> did with his kid. But good for yeah. you. Good I, I for will, you. You're a better I've man already thought me, about, already knew about that. next year's challenges. And uh mm-hmm. will I dial it down a bit? Possibly. Um. Yeah. But I'm still gonna make it. Uh. I'm still gonna make it a little challenging. But uh, yeah, I might not uh, take as much of a mouthful this time as I did uh, this year. Right. But it's still fun, and I'm still watching movies I'm out of my collection. I'm just kind of you know yeah. myself, where I have to I'm forcing myself to watch certain type of movies, and I might not right. always be in the mood for that. So yeah, I am exactly. looking forward to watching movies I've already seen. <laughs> I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. I got. I mean, I'm buying all these blueberries I'm yeah, like, I can't watch this yet. <laughs> so right (laughs) antsy you know oh yeah antsy Uh, and speaking of movies i want to watch again uh the trailer for deadpool 2 dropped today oh okay did you watch it i did not no holy shit is it funny oh really Um, good yeah he he pretends he's bob ross and he's doing a a, a painting
0: i saw a picture of that like from it but i didn't actually watch it because i was at work when i came across it
1: Oh, okay. Well, once the podcast is over, or if mm-hmm. we crash again, watch it. It's like right. two minutes long. It's okay. fucking hilarious. Like nice. to- it's le- it's legit funny. Mm-hmm. It shows milliseconds of the film. Okay. And it makes you want to, not that I didn't want to watch the movie to begin with, but it makes you want right. to, I'm, I'm more anticipated for the film now, knowing the tone of this trailer of this teaser trailer, it can only, you know, translate to the film. So yeah. this is how you fucking market a film. Don't show your fucking uh, your fucking plot points in the trailer. Leave it mm-hmm. to the imagination, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah, I say bravo. Like even uh, it's so funny. Check it out. Uh, it's it's on uh, it's on YouTube right now. But yeah, the Deadpool two trailer is worth uh, it's worth your time. It's only two minutes.
0: Awesome. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. I fucking loved Deadpool, so yeah. I'm excited to see well,
1: that. I haven't seen it since it came out in theaters because I can't.
0: Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> uh- Oh, uh, that uh uh and and just to make note um officer down one of the uh cast here is yeah. Cody Renee Cameron and she is like stunningly beautiful and she's credited as naked woman so therefore I'm already interested in oh. seeing this movie
1: oh yeah yeah uh not not a spoiler because it's in the first like 30 mm-hmm. seconds officer down is going down on her and there's like an oh. orgasm count cuz she keeps getting orgasms Whoa. But nice. it's not funny. It's fucking lame. That said though, Aww. she's hot as fuck. I agree. Yeah. Um and of she course, you know. Though, so. Again, watching this at work, I have not seen this before. And right off the bat we're seeing kinda of langus. And uh, you know, I'm looking mm-hmm. at my co-workers like, hey, I didn't know this was this. So yeah. Uh but <laughs> with my coworkers. Yeah. I work so, with all
0: women. I can't even imagine
1: it, just it was- <laughs> It was kind of <laughs> odd. It was kind of odd, uh, oh, but man. they kind of expected from me just because I am who I am. But right, yeah, yeah. No, I know who the naked woman is. I couldn't name yep. who this person was, but uh, yeah. yes, it was it was very ample and uh, awesome. Good, 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 good. A-A.
0: Excellent. So, yeah. So, so moving on to to my week here. Yes. So, to, to no one's surprise, I uh, ended up writing what were essentially full length reviews for every one of Romero's Dead series films. Mm-hmm. So instead of making that like a stupidly long single uh, Cinefessions series review post that no one would ever finish, I've decided that uh, this weekend Cinefessions is officially Living Dead Week. (laughs) And so if you check out cinefessions.com, you'll see that a new review has gone live every day starting Saturday the 11th all the way through Thursday the 16th, beginning with uh, Night of the Living Dead and ending with Survival of the Dead. So, uh, you can check out my full thoughts on all those there, the entire, uh, dead series from George A Romero. So definitely check out the website. Um, but I will talk about a little bit here just because by the time this goes live, basically all of them will be up except for survival, but that'll be up Saturday anyway. So anyway, so this is one that I've just been wanting to watch through for like the longest time. Literally one of the main reasons I thought of the Cinefashion series review was like, yeah, I'm doing the romero's dead series Mm -hmm. um i just hadn't gotten to it and i've seen all but the last two films previously but i really wanted to watch them from from the start and see how it all flowed together well the long and short of it i loved night through land which is basically one series in itself and i didn't realize this because then diary essentially reboots romero's own work starting back at the beginning of the zombie apocalypse but set in present day well You know, 2007, but close Mm -hmm. enough. And then Survival is a direct sequel to Diary, which I actually like the way they did that because there's like a small character in, or small characters in Survival, I'm sorry, in Diary that show up for a couple seconds that were followed their story in Survival, which I thought was actually pretty cool. Um, But the only film I didn't really like in the series was the one that really should have been right up my alley, and that was Diary of the Dead. I mean, it's one of my favorite sub found footage, which not many people say, but I love it, mm-hmm. and from one of my favorite directors, George a. Romero, yet somehow it still manages to not be very good. And it's just disappointing because I really wanted to like this one, just just given what it was, but it just didn't do, me, do it for me at all. Um, Survival of the Dead, I thought was actually a better film, and I enjoyed my time with it, which definitely puts me in the minority, but that's okay. So- Real quick, I'll go with my recap of the series here and my star rating. Okay. Night of the Living Dead, three and a half stars. Dawn of the Dead, four stars. Day of the Dead, three and a half stars. I think my biggest surprise is probably Day of the Dead because I watched that one before, but I think I fell asleep like five minutes in and then didn't wake up until the very end and just didn't realize it mm-hmm. um, because I did not like that film very much the first time. So I thought it was very mediocre. This time through, I fucking loved it. I think it's awesome. Yeah,
1: it's, um, it's so good. I the get region. that
0: one. Yeah, absolutely is. Um, Land of the Dead, I gave three stars. Uh, Diary of the Dead, one and a half stars. And Survival of the Dead, I gave two and a half stars. So, um, you know, I think if I were ranking the series, I'd put Dawn of the Dead at number one, then Day of the Dead, then Night, then Land, Survival, and then finally Diary. That's how I'd rank it. Have you watched through this entire series? I'm sure you
1: have. Yeah. I remember I yeah. hate. I hated Diary of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't recall. It feels very generic. Oh, yeah. It's, it's bad. It's, it's, it's really bad. Um, you know, it it's just the CGI used. Um, yeah, CGI was now. Good. is that the one where there's a death in a hospital using these uh, the uh heart attack paddles? Yes. Okay, that was kind like of cool. yeah, the yeah. eyes like melt ah, out, but it yes. was
0: it was it's a cool idea, but like I thought the CGI on it
1: just Horrible. looked CGI. Yeah. yeah. So uh um, and I can't recall if I saw survival or not. I I, I okay. I'm going to guess yes and I probably it hated it pla- too. It takes
0: place on an mostly on an island, which is oh. the only one in the series that does that. In that case, you know what?
1: I don't think I have that.
0: Okay. It's yeah, it's it's strange and I see why people don't like it, but I had fun with it. So, you know, it is what it is. But and I feel like I, I feel like I liked this series more, I would imagine, in total than most do, but I still think a people will get a kick out of it if they haven't seen it. So I mean I mean frankly, Dawn of the Dead is probably the greatest zombie film I've ever seen. Yeah. And it was just so influential that it should be required viewing for any genre fan. Um, But really, though, I feel like you can watch the first four films, Night Through Land, Mm -hmm. and then call it quits if you want, because that's truly one series in itself. And then Diary and Survival are a new series. Yeah. Um, And there's actually a seventh film that's supposed to come out in this series. And it's actually a prequel written and directed by uh, Romero's son, Cameron. Um, And so that'll be interesting to see if and when that one ever comes out. Um, I imagine it'll be a prequel to Diary more so than the the original because it's a lot cheaper to film something in a modern setting Mm -hmm. rather than a period piece, which, you know, a 60s film would qualify as a period piece at this point. So I'm definitely excited for that one. I I will absolutely check it out. But I don't even, frankly, I don't even know if it's actually going to release or not. I haven't heard too much about it. And then with his passing, I don't, I just don't know. So Mm
1: -hmm. now, what you should do now to follow up this series is mm-hmm. to watch the Night Return. of Living Dead uh, no Night of Living Dead remake that was directed by Sabini. Yep uh, then you've got the uh Dawn of the Dead remake as, uh, yep. that was done by um not Snyder, but Snyder, uh, yeah. Is it
0: Snyder? Snyder, yep, yeah, Zach Snyder. Oh
1: fuck, I thought it was the guy who did um oh I have a brain for it right now. The guy who did um, Guardians of and Galaxy. It oh, wasn't Gunn, wasn't James Gunn? I guess you're right. Maybe no, it is. Snyder. It's, it's Snyder. Okay. It's Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. And then there's it's I guess a, a company bought the rights to the name of like Day of the Dead. So there's Day of the Dead 2 contagion that I actually have on DVD. And it's the yeah. drizzling shit. But yeah. I feel as a podcast journalist, because let's face it, we're kind of like journalists. We're not. We're viewers. Um, <laughs> All right, Bobby the
0: Brain Human. I've been watching so much old WCW, and fucking the brain kills me. He always oh. calls himself. I'm a journalist. Right. I'm a whatever he says. So fucking great at what he does. Oh my god, he's amazing. The but anyway,
1: are listening to us? I think yes. you know if you want to really complete the whole thing is now you then do those uh, those uh, uh, early two thousand mid two thousand knockoffs that no, are yeah.
0: horrendous. Actually that's that's literally where I'm heading next. I've already oh, you're there's kidding. no, that's I already have planned out. Um I yeah, so 1990s Night of the Living Dead, it's good. 2004s, Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Um and then there's actually a Day of the Dead remake and then Day of the Dead 2 Contagion. Oh really? Um yeah, and um shit, there's uh fuck, one more. Oh, I think it was I think I might have been including this one. It was actually a Night of the Living Dead 3D?
1: animated movie. Well, oh, there's one with Sid Haig where it's like Night yes, of the Dead 3D.
0: That's, that's Day of the Dead. Oh, that, no. That's that Night of the – Yeah, that's the one. Night of the Dead 3D. That's the other fourth yeah, prior, one I was going to do.
1: As well. But yeah. hey.
0: I was actually going to skip Dawn of the Day of the Dead 2. Okay. That Because uh, it has nothing to do with the original at all. It just uses the name.
1: I think you should to watch sell. it. I, I think but you should watch I might. it.
0: If I have it, and I think I do, I yeah. will. I will do that one. And so if you that'd don't, be five.
1: You should buy it. You know, you got <laughs> to catch them all. Like Pokemon these night movies. Yeah?
0: Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But that's that's exactly where I want to go next because I have. I just bought Dawn of the Dead remake, which is one of my f- fucking favorite movies, favorite zombie movies ever. So i have to re-watch I'm say that. that. I have not Night seen of the that Living Dead. Time. Okay. Yeah, the 1990 Night of the Living Dead. I'd also put up there as one of my favorite zombie films. Like I sure. just fucking love those two. So. Um, I definitely want to check out the Sid Haig Night of the Living Dead 3D <laughs> and uh, the Day of the Dead remake, and then um, I'll probably do Day of the Dead 2, Like I said, if I have that one, so yeah, that's next up on the list. I don't want to get to it, but that's that's the next plan. So oh well, yeah, sorry I'm excited. To
1: up your spot there, but uh, it makes no, sense. Not at all.
0: It makes sense. It does, absolutely does. So, yeah, uh, continuing movie wise here, I also we also made it to the theaters to see Thor Ragnarok this past weekend. What'd you think? Um. Yeah, so so this one – okay, so we, we actually – I tried to go see this thing like three times and it just – things kept happening. We tried to go on a Friday finally and like my sister got out of work late and so all the seats were sold out that were like decent seats and mm-hmm. so blah, blah, like all this bullshit. So we finally – even I had to, had to change theaters we were going to on Sunday, um, but we finally were able to get it. But anyway, um, I was actually really impressed by how busy my theater was. Like mind you, it was a, it was a cold – rainy sunday but still i was one of the busiest theaters i've been to in a while okay. um but so i'm sure that it's you know continuing to to do really well in the box office i know it has for the past two weeks so um but anyway i fucking loved thor ragnarok i know some people like poo poo the marvel movies because they try to be too funny or whatever the hell the arguments are against them but I have had fun with literally every single one of them so far, um, obviously to varying degrees, but sure. um, you know, Ragnarok was definitely my favorite Thor film out of the three, and is probably up there as like a top four or five of the MCU as a whole. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just fantastic. I mean, you have Hulk, who's one of my favorites. I, I just love Hulk, and then this like badass, strong female character um valkyrie. valkyrie yeah yeah and some supporting characters that just had me laughing my fucking ass off um <laughs> the dude made of rocks yeah i don't remember his name oh my I think it was, god cord Cords, yeah that's right yeah. um he was she's fucking hilarious he was like no he was so nonchalant about everything <laughs> yes. but he just had me rolling man and then jeff motherfucking gold oh my god like He's wonderful. He's officially reached like Bill Murray status and with for me in that like all I have to do is see him in a film and I'm immediately marking out like um, he's just amazing. I loved him here. Um, I love the story, the action, the humor, the, the whole message of it all. I just I just loved it. Um, I think I, I ended up giving it. Uh, this is kind of a, a spoiler for my review that'll be out Saturday or Sunday or some shit. Um, I gave it three and a half out of four stars, and the only reason. I gave it three and a half out of fours because, admittedly, some of the humor early on didn't really hit me. Um, It didn't really land for me, I guess I should say. Really? Um, Yeah, just a little bit of it early on. But once once it got rolling, once I'd say, once Hulk was introduced, that's when it really took off for me and it didn't look back. Um, So, yeah, I loved it.
1: Do you believe that the Hulk would have a better impact if he wasn't advertised? Yes. Right? Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I, I'm an asshole though, because I'm like sitting next to my sister, and my my and Bridget, my wife, and I'm like, this is this is Hulk. Hulk's gonna be here in a minute. Like, Hulk's coming. Hulk's coming. Like, I just kept well, telling her because I'm so I fucking excited. Smacked
1: you so hard. <laughs> spoilers. No spoilers. But yeah, oh, I, I think you know that's a problem of the movie is that they they build him up so much, but mm-hmm. you know it's him. Like, oh, mm-hmm. who's a champion? Who's a champion? Could it be anybody. You know, like oh, maybe it's Thanos. Right. So I'm like, oh, that's Thanos. But yeah, you know, it could have been like something huge. And Hulk yeah, is huge, but like, I knew he was coming. He was in the first trailer. Exactly. Why spoil and I, that?
0: Man. I know that would have just, that would have been fucking awesome had he not been, had it not been spoiled. Yeah. But I mean like, I, yeah, you're, you're, you're by not doing that. I feel like, you know, Marvel or, um, yeah, whoever the fuck Disney releases these would be taking a big risk because I feel like Hulk can help sell movies. And so if you keep them out of the trailer, you might keep some people away. I mean, Really, is that true? I don't know how many people are coming to see specifically Hulk. Yeah. I mean, I was going to be there either way, but I love Hulk, so you know what I mean? But
1: I love them in the film. I see why they
0: did it. I just don't think they'd have the balls to not do it, basically, is what I'm
1: saying. Yeah, but at the same time, the Marvel films are such money makers, and they deliver every single time. Yeah, I agree. They didn't have to. I I don't think they had to. Um mm-hmm. now could he have kept it under wraps? Maybe not just because like he's I, a Yeah, I feel like it film. But it would have been cool not to have him on the poster or anything because mm-hmm. You know the I love the poster. The poster's amazing. Hey, oh, do you think of it's Hela? one of my favorites. What would you think of Hella? She's Oh,
0: awesome. yeah, I thought she was cool. Yeah, I like yeah. I know people were kind of making fun of her like uh What? Antlers? <laughs> oh. <laughs> what they look like antlers, deer antlers, but I thought they were I thought it was, she looked really cool. I thought she was a badass. Um yeah, I, I did not cool. realize that that was uh, whoever the fuck it was. Well, who was Kate the actress? Bunchet? Kate Blad, Yeah, Bunchet. I didn't realize it was her until at the end, showing the credits. I was like, "Holy shit!" I didn't. I just didn't realize it was her at all. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I thought now, she was awesome.
1: Now you've seen all the Marvel films out this year, right?
0: Uh, no. Oh, I am okay. behind. I've not seen uh, Guardians of the Galaxy two. I've okay. actually, I've not seen, I've still not seen Ant Man or Doctor Strange either.
1: Really? Yeah. So and Doctor Strange was actually. In this I one, yeah. So, did that did bug you at all? <laughs>
0: um, no, not at all. Cause I mean, like, I know I've seen the trailers, you know what I mean? Like, I know he's kind of this like mystical thing who does yeah. weird things. And I, I thought it was funny. I like that. I like those scenes that he was in.
1: Yeah. Then but it didn't bug me. You, you, sh- you have to catch up then because
0: I, I do. I absolutely do. Yeah. I have both them literally sitting two inches from my head rope, well, two feet you, from my you're face right now.
1: out on some funny, like, some entertaining movies. They're, they're all good in their own little way. Mm-hmm. Um I still need to rewatch Guardians 2 because I just don't remember liking it as much. Um uh, but like I this year has been a great consensus.
0: Movie. Yeah. And then this weekend, dude, I cannot fucking wait. Like as much as I love the Marvel movies, I love the DC movies equally as much and Justice League is just like dude bring it the fuck on. Me and yeah. my, my sister's been talking about it for months and months and I just we're so excited to see it this weekend.
1: I wouldn't say I like them equally just because I mm-hmm. think Marvel films are superior. That said, I don't hate the DC movies. Like I actually liked this uh, the Superman flicks. I uh, like Suicide yeah, Squad. Sure. Um not to for the same sure. extent yeah. as like, you know, my Marvel films, but mm-hmm. I have them all at home. Like I I like them. Um
0: the only one I didn't like as much as the others was Suicide Squad. I liked Suicide Squad. I mean, yeah. fucking one of the hottest people on the planet playing Harley Quinn. How could you not love it? But sure. um, you know, I I liked it. I didn't I I didn't love it, but I did like it a, a good amount. That's probably the weakest one. But like saying that, like yeah. Thor, the original Thor, I didn't love that one either. Um, um, frankly, I didn't like. I, I like, didn't love Thor or Thor: The Dark World.
1: See, I didn't but. like Thor: The Dark World. I, I liked the original Thor, but I thought Thor: Two mm-hmm. the Dark World was. I think it's, it's the weakest film out of all of them. Yeah. Out of all the Marvel films, to me, it's the weakest one.
0: And then see, the, I'd put uh, the original Captain America. I wasn't a huge fan. Of. I put, I mean, like, and I'm saying, yeah. I'm, I didn't. I liked these. I gave them all three stars. Like that's the lowest oh. ranking I think I've ever given a Marvel Even cinematic universe film. A
1: good one, right? So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: But I would probably put. Captain America, Thor, and Thor: Dark World toward the bottom, if not the bottom three, they would be close to the bottom. Iron Man Three is probably down there too. Okay. Um. But, uh, yeah. You know, I don't know.
1: I just I don't like Iron Man Three. I I think to, if I had to pick my bottom three, I'd have to mm-hmm. probably go with uh, well, Thor Two, probably uh, Avengers Two: Age of Ultron.
0: Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: I didn't think it was as good like as the other films, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope my other one, you know, Cap One, I think you're right. It, it, it's, yeah, you know, that one. I remember liking it a lot, seeing it the first time, but then re-watching it, mm-hmm. I'm like, it's not as good. So, but yeah. I love the Cap character though. Like, I think he's morphed into a great, a great st- character, like in the old, all the films. Like, Cap Three right, is absolutely. amazing. But again, exactly. It, yeah. It's an origin I'd story, fu- you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, Captain America uh, Winter Soldier and Captain America awesome. Civil War probably, I had two other ones I'd put in the top five I don't oh, it's so sure. hard because like they're all so good it's hard to rank them but I, I totally you know, agree with you yeah they're excellent that's my, my we were at my parents house Friday night or something and uh Winter Soldier was on and I was like I put it on for a couple minutes I was like oh man I wanted to get to the like the elevator scene uh-huh. and then it, we were getting ready to leave and it was like oh there it is there it is so we had to watch it like it's just so it's so cool I, I it's just such a good movie I,
1: I just like it wow. because it's a throwback to like a 70s spy thriller all, all yeah, these films exactly. have these different little genre ticks to them you know Right. At Man's uh it's a heist film. Um, you know. Okay. Uh like hall uh thor Three was a buddy film. It yeah. really was, you know. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um honestly, Cap Three is a redo of of Avengers two. Cap three is what Avengers two should have been, but hmm. it wasn't, you know. Hmm. Um Yeah, and I know like oh, see, shit. Okay, so now we got Black Panther coming out in February. That looks so good. I think Deadpool two comes out in March. Okay. Then we've got Avengers uh three in April, I think. Man, I have to go oh, wow. back. I, I saw a list of films coming out and it's like I think there's like six or seven between Marvel and DC movies coming out next mm. year. Like I think there's wow. three Marvel three DC or something like that. So That's crazy. Yeah, it's like well, I don't have superhero fatigue at all because they're so well made. Um, exactly I, I know some people do but i say keep bringing them on if you keep bringing yeah. that high quality um I, i'm not that excited for black panther just because i'm not that familiar with the character um, I, oh
0: yeah i know nothing of him but i've seen the trailer twice now because it was in front of jigsaw and in front of this one and yeah. like i just think the trailer looks fucking phenomenal <laughs>
1: i'm excited it looks cool i'm just i'm not as excited for it but mm-hmm. i am going to go see the opening weekend because that's just what i do for these more movies because i'm really disappointed
0: Right. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, I'm happy.
1: The claw is back in it. Uh, what's his name? Andy Circus. So, and he is a known bad guy of uh, Black Panther because oh, I think his okay. claws made of vibranium, which is the metal that uh, they have in Wakanda. Uh, oh. So I know that from like the like '80s comic books. Um, I don't okay. really expect him to be the big bad though. I think he's gonna be like the. He'll be like the uh, uh, like the uh, crossbones of um, of Avengers two. You know, he'll show okay. up in the beginning and then he'll be dispatched quickly and then it will right. be somebody else, you know? So yeah. I don't mm. know exactly what's going to happen, but, uh, and that's good. I don't know much. So I'm going to leave it that way. Let me be right. surprised and entertained in the theater.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So gaming wise, moving from films to mm-hmm. games, I, uh, I did end up beating Call of Duty three, which made me happy as hell. Um, okay. And as I mentioned um, and was mocked last week because Mark's an asshole, um, I found- <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. I found Call of Duty 3 to be a pretty damn difficult game. So I was really uh, happy oh,
1: was to it? get through was it. Was it now? Yeah, sure was. Oh, okay. Okay. But
0: yeah. So anyway, I was planning, obviously I'm moving into Call of Duty 4, which is like the whole reason I started playing through the Call of Duty games because I really wanted to play Call of Duty 4 again, but I thought, well, let's start from the beginning. Um but then I realized that that's not backwards compatible. Now, of course, I have an Xbox 360, but it's in the, like, upstairs, like, my third floor, you know, whatever, upstairs, not the attic, but that area. And, yeah. um, and so I was like, well, fuck, like, I don't want to play games up there. Like, it's, one, it's going to be really cold. And two, it's just up there. Like, it's, I don't want to play up there. And so I want to bring it downstairs. So I was like, man, I don't want to drag everything downstairs either. So then I was looking online and GameStop had Call of Duty Infinite Warfare Legacy Edition for only 30 bucks used. And so I decided, and now if you don't know, Legacy Edition of Infinite Warfare actually comes with um, Infinite Warfare, obviously, but then it also comes with the Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare Remastered Edition. So it's like the HD upgrade of Call of Duty 4. You can play on your Xbox One or your PS4. So um, GameStop had their Pro Day sale this past weekend. So that gave me an extra percent, 10% off my already 10% discount. So it was only 25 bucks. So I just ended up buying that. And I'm now playing Call of Duty 4 Remastered on my Xbox One. Um, It looks awesome. And fucking A, man, that game is great. Like, I remember really liking it when it came out, like loving it when it came out. And it it holds up so well. Like, it's just so much fun. Um, I actually am almost done with it. I'm actually at Mission 14 of 18. Um, And so I only have five missions left that I have to complete. So... I'm hoping to finish that one um, by this by the end of this coming weekend, but it it's definitely living up to the hype that I had in my head over it from just remembering it from back when. So I'm loving it. Um, but speaking of pro days at GameStop, so yes. their sale, their pro days sale started on Friday. So this is basically like they do it four times a year, basically once a quarter, where they just give like extra discounts if you're a pro member. Um, and so anyway, there was a glitch with the website and their pricing. The glitch was making some games free and other games down to like five or ten dollars from like thirty-five or forty that they should have been. Mm-hmm. Well, I I woke up on Friday morning and I was like reading through Twitter and I figured I saw like th- these were posted like seven hours ago, so I was like, oh, okay, well they've obviously fixed this, so I'm not going to fuck with it. But I was like, well, you know what? Let me take a look. So I went on GameStop.com, and sure enough, they had not fixed it yet. And so what was happening was basically the the price was marked at what it should be, forty dollars. But then when you add it to your cart, if that mar- if that forty dollar price was uh, like thirty dollars off, it added it basically doubled that. So it would take another thirty dollars off in the cart, and so it would be for ten bucks. So anyway, I made two orders. I I bought like. I don't know, just all the like dumb shit. Like um, For Honor, that like online like sword fighting game was free, so I bought in my first order I bought one of those. Um, Assassin's Creed um, Ezio Collection was only fifteen bucks. Um, man, I can't remember. There was a couple other ones that were like ten bucks. I didn't buying all these things. Anyway, I did two orders of that, and in the second order I placed, I bought like four, like three copies of three or four copies of For Honor, just because they were free. So I figured, why the hell not? and um, like World of Final Fantasy and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I didn't think these would go through, but I was hoping maybe they would like do something because I know Amazon does that. If there is like an error, they'll give you like a $5 gift card or whatever. And so I was like, what the fuck? Why not? It doesn't hurt. You know what I mean? I'm I'm not losing anything. I was 40 bucks. I was getting nine games. Why not try, you know? And so um, eventually they they did start sending out the cancellation emails. But the best part, so they sent out these cancellation emails and then minutes later they would send out a... Another email saying, oops, sorry for the error. Here's a $5 coupon code for the mistake. Well, for some reason, and I have no idea why, I didn't get a $5 code, but I got a $10 code. And I got a $10 code for both of my orders. So because I was trying to take advantage of the glitch... I now have $20 worth of coupon codes to use at GameStop.com oh, sweet. for absolutely nothing. Yeah, I was like, oh, that works GameStop. Like, do I think I deserve these codes? No. 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 Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But am I thrilled? Am I thrilled that they're doing it? Yeah, you bet your ass. You know, good for GameStop. You know, that's that's good, um, uh, good way to treat their customers, I guess, you know? And so, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, So like they don't, you can't stack the codes and they don't work with other offers. So like right now there's like four for $10 on used games under five bucks. And so you can't do that and use the code. But if you buy like a regularly priced game, then you, you could use it. And so, I mean, that's pretty fucking good. So I'm going to get, you know, so two $20 games for 10 bucks or whatever the case is. Let me
1: get this straight. So you tried to F them in the B. Yep. And then it didn't work, but they're like, sorry, you couldn't F us in the B. Here is... Two ten dollar credits. $20. Yes. Yeah. Twenty dollars total. Yep. That's I exactly mean, what happened. Y- y- you know what that is? That's America. <laughs> that's America. Uh, that's, that's what that is. That's America.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it.
1: Uh that's, that's... Blake Sheldon, six is man alive.
0: America. Right. I don't know why everyone's so mad about that. I think he's a good looking
1: man. Couldn't give a fuck. I know. I remember the year I won and then they disqualified me because of uh well, I remember. We'll go there. I remember that. Uh, I still have a copy of that People magazine.
0: Yeah, the videos came out, and you're, now you're on yeah. the Cinefessions podcast with me. So
1: you know what? Though I think it's an upgrade.
0: takes a step up, exactly right. But um, and then uh, kind of the last thing I'll talk about is I, I begrudgingly decided to spend the money to renew both my PlayStation Plus and my Xbox Live Gold membership this past week. Also, um, okay. but it's because they start the Black Friday ad started leaking, and so this past week PlayStation plus was on sale at GameStop for $40 and it's looking like through the black Friday, which that's no longer valid, unfortunately, Uh. but, um, through the black Friday ads, it looks like $50 is going to be the going price. So I was like, well, fuck, like I might as well buy it now to save the extra 10 bucks. Um, and then I had, um, so I did that. So I, you know, got that for 40 for the year and then I had $15 worth of best buy certificates that were going to expire in like two or three days. And so I ended up buying a, what was a six month card for gold, but that actually came with a bonus month on the card. So that was seven months. And I agreed to sign up for like the auto renew on Xbox live. Yeah. Uh, And so it gave me an extra month there. So I got eight months of gold for, I paid $25 out of pocket. So that's not bad at all, but it works out perfectly for me because that means next year, these aren't going to come due in the same month, which is exactly what happened this year. And I didn't have 120 bucks to spend on both of these two fucking things. You know what I mean? So this works out better. So after eight months, I'll be able to renew one and then, you know, whatever, three or four months later, I'll be able to do the other. So it just works out better. Um, the only thing I have to renew yet is the uh, Best Buy's Gamer Club Unlocked membership. Okay. So okay. that one's awesome. You know, it's it gives you 20% off all new games you buy at Best Buy. So, I mean, it's definitely worth it. And it's only 30 bucks for two years. So, you know, it's a great deal and I'm going yeah. to do it. It's just... There hasn't been a new game that I've been I've picked up recently, and so I'm like, well, I might as well not get it until I actually buy a new game, you know what I mean because I'm just wasting days and there's no reason to do that. So yeah, yeah, but I I imagine before December and you can't use you can't stack those deals with Black Friday deals anymore. okay, and so I probably won't get it until December, I'm thinking because everything you know, if there's any deals I want to get on Black Friday, I don't need it for it, so I'll probably just wait until after. But. Yeah,
1: I've looked at a few Black Friday sales, and uh, yeah. there's a few games that uh, Best com has uh, okay. that I might pick up. At the same time, I sell games from Black Friday from like two years ago oh, on least. my system that I haven't played. I still haven't played Alien Isolation or yeah, either. Evil Within 1. Evil Within yeah. 2 is out now. So I'm, I feel maybe I shouldn't buy more games because I'm not mm-hmm. playing. It, again, I talk about my Deluge games with, with right. uh, the switch already i don't think i need anything but if it's yeah. on sale eh, you know why not
0: i know like I, I, the done. only things i'm really there's not a lot that i've seen that i'm like yep got to get it got to get it um how the, you know i say that there was one that i was like yeah that one i want but i can't remember what the hell it was now but um i've been hearing a lot of really good things about assassin's creed origins
1: yeah. okay and
0: it's on sale for like 40 dollars, i think and so i'm considering that one Um, but other, other than that though, there's not really much of anything that I'm like, yep, going to get it. Now that said, come Friday morning, like I don't work until one o'clock that day now. Yeah. And so come Friday morning, I'll be sitting in my computer and be like, yeah, I'm probably going to buy this, 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 you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. But
0: looking at it from, 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 at at this point, there's just not a whole lot I'm interested in. So we'll we'll we'll
1: see. see. Is that a new need for speed on sale? I'll probably pick that up.
0: Oh, i've heard it's terrible and oh, just really? filled with microtransactions and so i have no interest in him
1: oh never mind can't they just make burnout 4 you know I, thank or you Burnout paradise 2 like come That's on, the, guys. my
0: favorite yeah. racing series like i love those i, I probably Forza horizon 2 i ended up liking better just because of you know it's xbox one versus when i was playing burnout and burnout 2 and yeah. 3 on ps2 but oh. Um, I love the Burnout series so much. Burnout Paradise, for whatever reason, I wasn't as huge a fan of because I never, I didn't play it as much. Okay, but like the first, like Burnout
1: through Burnout Revenge, was like my jam. I just love those. Yeah, I used to play those on the Xbox. And uh, Burnout yeah. Paradise, I think it's one of the only. I only have four games platinumed, and that's one of the four games I just oh, wow. love. that. Okay. I don't know if their yeah, online I, servers still work or not, but uh, it's yeah, a fun game.
0: Yeah, you know, I feel like they might because it was a uh, free xbox live gold game recently ah, and so okay. that's why i have it on my
1: system okay
0: um but i feel like they might they might still work but i I don't know for sure yeah but i loved it i've heard great things but i just for whatever reason i just never played it a lot i don't know why mm-hmm. i'm sure i'd love it but i always love crash mode in the burnout games they don't get much better than that
1: oh no you uh, should yeah you should try uh, paradise again i think you would like it yeah, different modes yeah and stuff. i'm sure it's probably great.
0: yeah excellent so that was uh my week no, again, just a lot of talking, a lot of talking. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, Mark, yes. let's let's fucking wrap this shit up. Hey, I'm
1: not in the mood anymore. You want to just quit? We'll call it. We'll call it a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there we'll, yeah. we'll do Lygia like next week instead.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe we will. Okay. We'll see. Okay. All right. You know what, Mark? Let's just do it. Let's just do it now. Get it done with, and then oh, uh, move God, on to know. our next arc. All right. We'll uh,
1: okay, let's do it. Let's let's just, let's finish. Let's wrap this up. Let's That's wrap right. it.
0: All There's right. Wrapping paper. Exactly. So, the Tomb of Lygia saw an original US theatrical release date of January 20th, 1965, but it was released in November 1964 in London. And everywhere I look uses 1964 as its release date. And so, I just decided, normally I go with the US theatrical release date, but... For this instance, I'm going with 64 versus 65, because that's what we've been saying the entire time we've been doing this, uh, this arc. So yes. that's what we're sticking with. Uh, so, of course, there will be spoilers for Tomb of Lygia, So keep that in mind if that matters to you. There will be spoilers for this and likely most of the other Corman films up to this point. So just keep that in mind. So this, of course, was directed by Roger Corman, written by Robert Town. Who, this is his first and only credit from the Corman Post cycle. And of course, it's based on the short story by Edgar Allan Poe called Lygia. It has an IMDb score of 6.6 out of the 4,153 current votes. No Metacritic score, but a 78% tomato meter score and an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes of 62%. It currently has a 3.31 out of five stars on Letterboxd uh, based on the 763 ratings that it has. I could not find budget or gross information, but Corman did say that while all the Poe cycle films made money, Ligeia made the least amount. And I think he said something to the extent of just people were basically over them at that point. Um, and it had an 82 minute runtime. So Mark, what's your history with Tomb of Ligeia?
1: Um, first time watch for the podcast. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, me as well. Excellent. So this is ah man, such a different movie than anything we've had previously, and I was immediately struck by that because that first shot—it's outside, it's daylight, and the set I thought just looks stunning. I know. Um, I think Price mentions. That they've basically found that this is a found set, right? Like this, uh, these are ruins, and so they decided to use this for the movie. Yes, is that right? Okay, yeah, that's correct. And I, great job. I loved the set, and I thought it was uh, just very striking from what we've been watching the past seven weeks, well, six weeks.
1: That's exa- that's exactly it. It's like wow, they're outdoors. We're actually seeing yeah. sunlight, and it makes such mm-hmm. a difference. Yeah, what we've all seen absolutely previously to this. So, yeah, it's a stark contrast to the previous films.
0: Mm -hmm. and it also hit me really quickly that price just looked different and i think it was because of the lack of the mustache
1: well there's there's two reasons for that Uh, okay character itself is a much younger man oh okay so yeah he was wearing a lot of makeup this time Mm -hmm. it it didn't look too like he just looked off he, but it mm-hmm. looked like he had a filter over his face, but because he used a lot of pancake makeup just to make him look yeah, that makes younger. And again, lack right. of a, of a mustache also affects it. But he just looked different, right. like even his hair, his hair, yeah. He just he seemed younger. Now maybe shooting outside mm-hmm. also makes a big difference, you know? Um, <laughs> right, but, right. All that natural
0: light instead of the uh,
1: yeah, all the so, the lighting. So he just seemed slightly off a bit, but it didn't bug me. I kind of liked it.
0: Oh, yeah. I liked it too. Yeah. yeah. And and at the beginning there, he's using a much deeper tone to speak than he normally does did as well. Yeah. Um, And so that was interesting too. But But I think that's kind of his. It's his shtick. Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, like how many of these movies has he started with him, you know, mourning over a lover? like Right. The majority? Like almost all of them, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like even premature burial, uh, the guy—he's mm-hmm. you know—he loves the woman he's he was with, but because of his uh, of his uh, phobias, he she you know he pushes her away, but he still loves her. Right. Everybody's pining over a lost love. I don't I don't think there was a film that starts with him actually married to someone and like loving like no, that's not true because the the, the one with uh, tales of no, not tales of terror, um, the. Haunted Palace. He's actually with someone, so oh right, yeah, I, I take that right. back. Um, but everything else, like Raven, it's whatever. Mask mm-hmm. with Death. He's well, he's married there, but he's a son of a bitch. So I don't think is he married in mask. I thought it was just like oh, his yeah. woman. Oh, well, yeah, okay. that was, that was his lady, you know. And then yeah. like, and then the the redhead, uh, Penelope, I think her name was. Uh, she was like a little concubine. Like, like I'm going to turn her. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, right. so I guess he when he's evil he's got he's got someone but if he's mm-hmm. start if he starts off as a lost soul he's always pining over a dead a dead wife
0: right he's a lost soul because he lost his wife
1: yeah, right yeah pretty much pretty much he's a shell of a man without his woman that's quite interesting
0: yeah definitely mm-hmm. and uh, even like the opening so the music was so different here so like i noticed it initially like over the opening credits and these paintings it just it felt different, and interestingly, like the only way I could describe it was that the music felt older than what we'd seen before. It felt like it was just from a different time, and frankly, a different film franchise altogether.
1: Well, see, I have to agree with that because the the tone of the film is different. Because like the previous Poe films, they've all been shot indoors, and I remember Corman right. mentioning something in his uh, commentary that you know it's all about how we act subconsciously, and it's all in Poe's head. And this film, mm-hmm. it's not so much the case, so that's why it's out in the open. Um yeah. but I think the combo of like the music and then just the actual settings being different um yeah. really changes the tone of of the cycle.
0: Yeah, for me, I mean it it almost felt like I was watching like a 1950s musical or like uh a, a, a romantic comedy. Um, especially after the introduction of Lady Rowena. Um, because the music that's played behind her, and just like the way she sounded and held herself, it was just—it felt like I was watching a fucking musical at points. Well,
1: it was crazy. You know, I did mention my notes. The film felt like a Disney movie, like a like.
0: Yeah, that's like that's a good movie. way to explain it.
1: Yeah, just the way like doing doing the fox hunt early on, and it's yes, kind of cartoony, exactly. you know, just because it's not something mm-hmm. we're used to here in North America, you know, in the UK, uh, like in the mm-hmm. British. I guess Commonwealth, they they do Fox hunts, you know, whatever. Um, Right. But the the fact that, you know, you have everybody dressed up in red and then you also have the Fox and the Fox movements, it's all sped up kind of like a -hmm. a Disney musical fantasy film, you know? So to Mm -hmm. me, it felt like a, a non-Disney Disney Disney film.
0: Right. Yeah. And that's, it's so, man, it's just so jarring. But I, I, and I don't, and I don't say any of that in a negative way at all. It's just notable based on what we've seen previously. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> I'd loved how like instantly seductive Lady Rowena was with Verden for seemingly no reason at all right from the start. Like right when she falls off the horse and she's, you know, wakes up and sees him and whatever. And then she like faints or whatever. But anyway, when they're finally like talking to each other. I was just like, "Wow, this is there's clearly something between them."
1: She's a very strong woman. Yes, you know. Um, I thought a willful bitch. Yes, yeah, yeah, she's a she is husband. a willful bitch. A um, willful little bitch. Isn't she? <laughs> um, oh man, I thought maybe after she fell and landed mm-hmm. upon the uh, grave of uh, Leguay, um, yeah, <laughs> that uh, I thought maybe she was maybe possessed by her briefly um oh okay now i don't believe that's the case now but when i first saw that oh, yeah. i'm thinking maybe the spirit of, of the lady legia um actually right. manifested within her some somehow um now i don't believe that's the case anymore but that was my first my first uh impression of uh rowena when uh when she first came on because like mm-hmm. she's on the she's on the um she's on the the uh uh, the plot, uh, I guess, cemetery plot, right? And yeah. she lands in the flowers. Um, Verdon fell. Vincent Price tells her what kind of flower it is. It's like a morning flower. It's like death flower. And then she actually has the mm-hmm. gall clip one and then put it between right. her, uh, like on her, under her jacket. I'm like, yeah, wow, that's and that's why I thought maybe it's Lygia because I'm like, it. Even though we don't know Lygia at all. She seems mm-hmm. kind of witchy just from like the opening of the eyes in the casket.
0: Yeah. So it was and like maybe the cat and everything.
1: Yeah. So maybe that's something that she would do, but no, that's not the case. It's just Rowena. She became infatuated right away and knew she wanted more of Verdon. Mm-hmm. Good yep, for him. Exactly. Especially with those styling bitching sunglasses. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Verdon fails. A everyone thought he was, I know. Everyone thought he was blind because
0: of his glasses. I love that. <laughs>
1: yeah. And he's also very striking, you know, uh, multiple mm-hmm. times in the film he just pops up and like right. not not knowing what he looks like you know uh very well yeah. like it is jarring so what does she fell off her horse and bang and uh, screwed up her right. ankle, you know because yeah he he spooked her but uh yeah exactly yeah so th- it, that was an interesting beginning to the film
0: yeah you know? absolutely was um yeah and but then we get, finally, he takes her home, and we get that dusty old mansion, okay. which I thought was, frankly, obscenely dusty for having servants, but hey, well, co- you know, I, I ain't one to judge their jobs.
1: So many cobwebs. Like, I couldn't live in this thing I know. I'm like, I, I'd be, like, trying right. to invent a dustbuster just to get rid of it. i <laughs> <laughs> cleaning the house oh, all day man. today. My house is a lot cleaner mm-hmm. than his castle. I'll tell you right now, I'm not bragging. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just fact. It ain't bragging if you can back it up. Yeah. Oh, man. I- in the house, there, so obviously, like the dad and, and Chris come, and I love the shot where Verdon is explaining what scientific family the dead fox is from, or whatever the hell he's saying. Yeah. And we see like the two men staring at him in a daze, it's a three shot. See the two men staring at him in a daze, and then Lady Rowena sitting on the couch, like all we see is basically her head in the background, and she just like takes a sip of the drink, clearly like in- impressed or amused by what's happening. And I thought that was just a, 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 such a great shot. I really liked that. Well,
1: it, so it, easily showed what she was doing. It's funny right. because like in today's day, I woo women by my movie collection. They come, they <laughs> come to my, basement, <laughs> my movie collection like, wow, is, you have a lot of movies. I, I, I want to be betrothed, uh, betrothed to you. In um, those yeah. days, you, you only have knowledge yeah. and stuff, right? You have to be smart <laughs> and shit. So you kind know, you of oh, fall back man. on, wow, look at all these Blu-rays, you know? Um, let's watch something Uh, scary Uh so you know like yeah you gotta so uh, Verdon, i don't think he was showing off to rowena but she no not at all oh my you know i i I think her her under knickers got a little damp there (laughs) but but before we go too far i love her dad lord trevanion uh, oh man he yeah plays it's like an east ender style character you know like he he's <laughs> yeah, a lord but doesn't really act like a lord mm-hmm. he right. just wants to have fun very funny you know? uh, exactly uh, the actor is the Derek francis i don't know him from other films just because i'm not no. too uh, familiar with films of like you know 60s 70s that much uh but right. i thought he was great i really dug his character no, I agree. And that kind of goes back to what you're saying,
0: just giving it, you know, between that musical, that Disney feel. He just felt like he could be a character from that, you know?
1: Agreed. Totally agree. But, um,
0: And then just like, yes, and then I, I just reiterated the fact of how obviously interested Rowena is in Verden. And it just, it made it feel like that romantic comedy, especially with the music more and more. Sure. Um, and I, I just really like that. Um. Yeah. And then what a way to describe your daughter, that willful little bitch. Like, oh, man.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh Lord Trevanian. Then Rowena decides that she's going to go back to the, like the castle, the mansion. Yeah. And uh, I thought there was a really just intimidating shot of Verdon walking toward Rowena. And then like he attacks her. Yeah. Um, I didn't really see that coming. Um, and I, I, I wasn't really sure what to make of it as it was happening. Um, but, and then he like treats her like shit once he realizes it's, it's her yelling at her for coming over unannounced. I mean, I was like, not, not a great way to get laid, Verdon. Well, at the, Howdy, old pal.
1: At the same time, she has the balls to walk into his home. What if he was I jerking know. off and there's like, oh, whoopsies. <laughs> and what? she's like, do you do that oh. by the fire? I'm like, uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> oh uh, man. you know, but like, yeah. I'd be upset too, but. At the time, we which we don't know yet, but he was still under uh, the Lady Lygia's spell, I guess. That we'll learn yeah, how like later this on, you know. Curse, right? And so to me, it's not him. Obviously, it's not him choking her. It's Ligeia, mm-hmm. Uh because yeah, he really exactly. like he apologizes uh, once he realizes yeah. what's going on because he's not controlling himself, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, and then
0: in in the kitchen. I, I don't remember what he says, but she says, "You make me want to. You make me want to offer you something." And I was like, "Oh damn, Rowena, get it, girl, shit." Yeah, <laughs> let me smell your flower. <laughs> oh man! And then the fucking cat. So you have this, this swelling music leading up to this near kiss, um, which again, musical. Yep. Um, but then. The cat jumps it and like scratches her on the face, and I was just like so confused. I was like, "What's going on?" So my thought was like, the 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 spirit of of Lygia lives in the cat, which isn't really ever explained. I guess you could assume that, but it's never really explained.
1: No, okay. So I'm assuming just because she's got dark hair, she's a witch, right? Like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So I guess right. she she was never really dead, but she's able to transfer consciousness to the cat. I don't know exactly for mm-hmm. sure. I think she, she could just control people, you know, close to her, I suppose. Um, but I was surprised she- how Rowena reacted to the cat. If it were me, mm-hmm. I'd be fucking pissed off. And right. she kind of almost shrugged it off and, like, then it had her wounds taken care of, you know? Uh, but yeah. she seemed pretty cool about it. Right. Yeah. And then, like, obviously, uh, she, she, like, f- chases the
0: cat and... Uh, where I feel like this scene would have just been it would have felt long and pointless maybe in some of the earlier films of this arc. Here I thought they did it really well. Um which uh okay, I thought they okay. Like just the um uh like the voiceover that Verdin Verdin's doing on top of it, which I'm wondering if maybe it was from the original short story, but I don't know for sure.
1: I don't know either. Um
0: yeah, but it just it just made for like a creepy and interesting as hell scene. I thought yeah. I really like that.
1: And, and that's something that's something else too. I I listened to the commentary uh, by Corman because okay, yeah, uh, Arrow. I guess or oh, pardon me, the Scream Factory release. It's this is on uh, Volume Two. It's got three commentary right. tracks uh, by yeah, by that. two historians, which I stayed away from, and Corman, mm-hmm. and he didn't really get too too much. He was talking more about how he framed the shots and how he loves framing. Okay. Um, but it not yeah. get too too much involved with the history of the film, and so I don't know how much of the Poe story is in um uh, the uh, tomb of Lygia. so I don't know if it's one of those things where only the end is it was a Poe story and then the rest is all written by uh, by our buddy there um uh, let's go back here uh Robert town uh so I, I'm not sure how much of this is actually town's work and how much of it is Poe's work. Because it was never mentioned, right. I didn't get a chance to get the special features, so I'm kind of in the dark on that.
0: And that's it, such a shame because I feel like they do this one so well that later on, where the movie loses me a bit, uh-huh. is another scene where she's walking around like the the castle area, and and it's not nearly as interesting. And I just thought, man, they did so well earlier. Why is this one not hitting me as 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 well? But we'll talk about that later. Okay. Um. So I I just man I love Vincent Price and. Just there's this really small, stupid moment that means nothing, but I thought it was so well done because it's just so. It, this one motion, he's like throwing his arms up, it just so perfectly embodies exactly what he's going through in such a small motion. Um, he's so he's uh, Chris comes to the house or whatever, so he says, Let's go for a stroll. And Chris is like, A stroll, he's like, A stroll, and he like throws his arms in the air and he says, i walk. What the devil difference does it make? Yeah. And then he like grabs him and they start walking. It was so small, but oh my god, what a just. He's such a talent and and like a lesser actor may not have done something like that. And because he does, it's just, you, you just know where his character, you know, the state that his character's in. Um, so smart. So, so well done.
1: But, you know, again, like a lot of his other movies, you know, he's a recluse. He stays at Mm -hmm. home. He's not interacting with people and they all come to him. Yep. You know, like this is another example. Like it's just, I just feel like a lot of these movies follow the same beats with a different rhythm, you know? Yeah. But it's like, if you let the guy alone, you'd probably still be alive. <laughs> you, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Um, yeah. So I, I just observation out of the, board. yeah,
0: no, absolutely. And then I think it was actually right before the start. She started walking. It's just like the way that Rowena was talking with, um, I don't know the, the guy's name, the, the servant, whoever that was.
1: Um, uh, Papero, would that maybe? It be Kendrick. Was that, is that Kendrick? Yes, it's Kendrick. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Oh, he died two years after the film was made. Really? Wow. Yep. Died in 67. Um,
0: so, yeah. Um. Kendrick. So, I just realized, damn, like, Lady Rowena is just, for lack of a, a a better word, just sexy. Like, the way she is able to handle herself, the way she holds herself, the confidence that she just emo- uh, exhumes is, is really just sexy. Like, I thought she was awesome. She's such a cool character.
1: I, I agree with you. I, I thought the same thing. I'm like, she's so confident. Yeah. And just the way she, like, she felt a little Mary Poppins to me without all the magic. Mm. Like, take uh, Julie Andrew <laughs> with, without all the, you know, the the superfluous stuff. And I thought they were very similar. And I just liked her. Matter of fact, she almost felt as well like a 1930s film, noir Dame.
0: Ah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah.
1: a really good, really good uh, observation. Absolutely. So. She knows what she wants, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but also still knows her place, Yeah, but is willing to jump over the line a bit and be a little more um, forceful or more aggressive, you know, to be with Vernon. So she's got a bit of that vibe to it, even though, you know, this is like 1920 something um, or 1820, I should say. Um, but yeah, I, I did, I did like that a lot. She, she had that, like my girl Friday kind of like feel to her.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, and I think that's what makes like when she breaks down, I think that makes those scenes even more powerful. Uh, like when she's sitting behind the bell after she chased the cat and just crying and uh, Verdon comes up to grab her. I just think it makes those scenes even more powerful because you know how strong she is.
1: That's one scene I didn't like as much was the whole chasing the cat up the uh, up to the bell tower, because let's be honest, that bell she'd be deaf as a doorknob. No, oh, yeah, like, that's, there, that's very no true. there's no way she'd be able to survive like she did because that bell would have rang really loudly. Right. But again, yeah. I'm nitpicking real life in a fucking horror movie, right? So
0: yeah, no, but yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, but yeah. I just had didn't even think about that. But yeah, you're 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 right. Yeah.
1: Like she should be bleeding from the ears.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, man.
1: So this this
0: was kind of strange. I mean, I guess this is just w- when he was under the curse because I felt like they introduced the fact that he's doing things and not remember doing them. So one of them is when he attacks her. He later on says that he doesn't remember attacking her. And then he ta- he goes for the stroll, this walk, whatever the hell you want to call it. What devil yeah. th- difference does it make? Um, He They introduce the fact that he doesn't remember – like scratching out the death date on Lygia's tombstone, but it was him because he has the, the sandstone on his hand. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. I was just, I was just very intrigued by the whole thing, I guess. And, you know, trying to figure out what the hell is exactly going on here. I, I didn't, uh, I didn't know. And it was, I like that about it.
1: Mm-hmm. And again, it makes more sense as the film concludes.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, and then he rescues her from the, from the bell and then boom, the next scene they're married. I was like, Oh shit. Good for Verden. But I was like, Chris though, Chris looks a little heartbroken.
1: He does. Right. (laughs) I I thought like for some reason, I thought maybe they were brother and sister at first, even though they're not. Oh, but uh, I guess is he's just a good personal friend.
0: Yeah. Uh, And I think she even makes mention because she's talking with Kenrick and I think it's, ah, man, it might be, it might be Verdon, but I feel like it was Kenrick. Maybe not though. And, um, she even says like, I I don't, I don't know what the hell the lines were, I guess, but basically along the lines of, you know, obviously I like Verdon, but what difference does it make if he's not into me? And he basically says the same thing for Christopher, you know, he feels a certain way about me, but what difference does it make? Something like that? That's, that's horrible. I don't remember what the lines are, but there was something mentioned in there that made me think that she knows that Christopher has feelings for her.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, but but I I think it's more of a platonic love.
0: You think so? I don't think it is with Christopher, because later it on, really? he even like holds her hand in uncomfortably long time, and it just made me feel like he was trying to move in for the kill.
1: Oh no, like a friend, like you hold your friend, you know, you hold your your platonic female friend's hand a lot. It's 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 okay, right? Yeah, I, it's like it doesn't it doesn't mean I love you. It means I care about you, but it doesn't mean a, it doesn't mean a lot.
0: No, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, like, I hope that when we're together, that you hold my hand a lot as well. But I think that's beside the point. It was just the way he held the hand, and the his look, and the extended nature of the gaze that made it feel like he was more than platonic.
1: I'm still in shock from what you just said. about <laughs> O-M-G. Oh, man.
0: Oh, gosh. Anyway.
1: Oh, well. Well, well yeah, let's move on.
0: Yeah, move <laughs> Oh, man. So, these outdoor shots after they get married, I thought were awesome. There are wide shots, just sprawling, bright shots. I really liked those shots. They were great. Like Stonehenge is one of the places they go randomly. Like I thought yeah. was really cool.
1: Yeah. i'm I'm like okay here's stonehenge i'm like Mm -hmm. all right cool stonehenge yeah Uh, yeah again it just it's such a departure from the previous films i really enjoyed all the outdoor scenes Mm -hmm. um so
0: okay so they decide that okay so what i thought was strange after they leave stonehenge they're kind of riding in their carriage or whatever and she says where are we going and then they look out and he's like oh they're at the abbey or whatever and she, mm-hmm. she seems surprised and he's like, oh, yeah, we, we've made arrangements to sell it, but we have to like stay here overnight or whatever to clean it up or you know, whatever the hell the things are, the lines are. And um, I thought that was kind of strange. Like, did where were they going to go? Like, were they living elsewhere? I think they must have been, right?
1: Well, I bet she has a very nice place. Oh, yeah, you know, that's that true. That isn't covered in cobwebs and right. stuff. Yeah. So, you know. That makes um, sense. Yeah, but like, that, that's, they, that's my understanding. Like a family estate somewhere. Right.
0: And so like, I don't, but why if when, okay, so when he's at the house, when he's yeah. at the abbey, at night, basically he loses his mind. Like he, the curse takes over and he doesn't remember what he's and, doing.
1: Right? Exactly. Yes. So why would he go back there? But he doesn't know what's happening. Like oh, he doesn't realize. True. Yeah. He right? doesn't know he doesn't why. Right. Like, he's like taking care of the body. So yeah. he doesn't know any better.
0: Yeah, that's true. Makes sense. Makes oh, sense.
1: Oh, it's damn true.
0: <laughs> oh, man. So I thought this was disappointing. They're married. And not only are they sleeping in separate beds, they're sleeping in separate rooms.
1: Yeah. I was like, mm, yeah, maybe, what? maybe She looks like a snorer, so I don't blame her.
0: Put her down
1: the hall because she sounds like, you know, right. she's cutting wood all night. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, no, I I thought it was weird too. Now it could be just custom back in the yeah, day. Yeah,
0: exactly. Maybe. Uh, which
1: I'm assuming that's the case to try yeah. to be authentic. Mm-hmm. But I had the same feeling like that is so odd. They have their own bedrooms. Right. Yeah, it was so you know? strange.
0: Like yeah. I understand, you know, the Hayes code back in like the thirties and forties or whatever would have to, you know, I love Lucy. They always have to sleep in separate beds, even though they were married. And so like I would yeah. Just kind of expect to see separate beds at this point, maybe. But that's TV, though. Right? Yeah. You know? But I guess yeah. I'm just used to that aesthetic. You know. Sure. Not that it doesn't make sense. This is the 60s versus the 30s. You know what I mean? So it doesn't make sense. It just it would have like aesthetically made sense to me if that makes any sense.
1: No, oh, no, I understand. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, no, I don't think that's the case. I think that's no. just like a no, you not know, at all. 1820s vibe to it. Exactly.
0: Um, and I, thought, I really like the scene where they come over for dinner. So obviously. Um, Rowena. Uh, Rowena, has, Rowena has not like seen Verdon at night, and blah blah blah. And then they come over for dinner, the dad and Christopher. And um, uh, what was? Oh, uh, Christopher makes mention that he can't sell the place, the the Abbey, because the deed is still in Um Legia's name, and there's no death certificate, mm-hmm. and so the way Verdon responds, I thought was very interesting. And it was just intriguing, I guess, because he doesn't want people to know. He clearly doesn't want people to know how Ligia died. And so that imme- immediately was like, okay, so something weird is at play here. I don't know what, but something is, is going on. And I thought yeah. that was just very cool the way they did it. Yeah, me too. Um, some r- really cool shots in this, in this movie that I really liked. Um, and I really like their use of flames. So, um, the first time I noticed it, at least, was when Rowena's getting hypnotized. He start, um Verdon's starting to hypnotize her. Yeah. And the shot has the flames coming up in between the camera and the actress's face. And I thought that was just a really cool shot that they repeat mm-hmm. later on toward the end of the film. Um, they use it coming over like Christopher and Trevanian's uh, – not Trevanian maybe, but Christopher's face and then Verdon's face. Like it just – it's a cool shot that they
1: repeat multiple times. Um, But not the first time he's ever used that shot before. Uh, No. Corman likes to shoot from the perspective of behind the fire in the fireplace a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, In this one, it was a little different. He does make mention, I guess they use gas fireplaces for this shoot here. That's why the flames, especially that shot, look very uniform, almost like candles. Yeah, that's what I thought they were. Yeah, because no, it was actually like, that was actually from inside the fireplace. But because it was a gas bar... And the flames just shot up, like, kind of uniformly. Yeah, um, He says he prefers using wood, but most of the time the audio is inaudible because the wood oh, is cracking and popping a lot. Yep, exactly. So they use gas because it doesn't look as good, but at least the um, the audio doesn't get messed up as much. You don't have to redub everything.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, but like you said, you're absolutely right. I thought it was candles that they was being shot in front of.
1: Now, that said, a lot of candles are being used in the film. Like, oh, yeah. there's a lot of blue yeah. candles in this movie. Blue.
0: Um, yeah, blue candles, yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, can you answer me this? When she's writing letters on her turkey with the candle yeah. wax, what was that supposed to represent? I, man, I don't know. What was... Because it was L, isn't it L, L, D she wrote or L, V. I thought it was L, L, I, V, L, V, something like that. Uh, It was, yeah, I think it was only two letters, but I, I didn't catch the meaning of it. Maybe I miss, maybe I'd have to watch it again. I'm not gonna, but, uh, yeah, I can, I can, well, first of all, I'm thinking, hey, you're wasting a good piece of turkey. What the fuck? I know. It did look good. It did look good. It it actually looked good. Um, (laughs) That's because of Blu-ray but uh because right. vhs looks like shit but um <laughs> but i'm also wondering what what is she uh, what is she writing maybe it's their initials or her initials i i can't recall i think it was lv so it'd be like well it can't be lady rowena and then uh vernon i'd have to double check again but uh i was kind of perturbed uh, perturbed i was kind of puzzled by by just that scene mm-hmm. you know
0: yeah but, no uh, i agree with you i i was thought maybe they'd make more of it Or kind of explain it a little bit, but they it does. It's just it happens, and that's that. Like there's nothing else
1: mentioned of it. Like the plate is still salvageable. You can still eat your Brussels sprouts because that was not touched by the wax. Oh, but But, fuck would want to? Oh, Brussels sprouts are good, man. A little salt. The only experience
0: I had with Brussels sprouts. My fucking assistant manager made him in our a microwave one day ah. without telling us and we literally me and my coworker literally thought there was a dead mouse. We were searching for like a dead mouse or a dead rat in the building. It was so fucking nauseating, and so I will never eat a fucking Brussels
1: spout. Oh, it's, it's so good anyways, yeah sure it sure was in danger anyways uh but yeah, um, <laughs> I don't know where we're going, but uh yeah, uh, uh yes, lots of candles, lots of candles are used.
0: <laughs> yes, very yeah. true um. Um <laughs> now I'm thinking about turkey. I'm thinking about Brussels spots. But, I'm thinking about dead mice. I'm my God, right my mind. I haven't up- had dinner yet. So
1: <laughs> if you hear something rumbling, uh, it's my stomach.
0: All right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. So I, okay. So the the hypnotize, the hypnosis scene I thought was really strange until the end. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. That was actually pretty creepy. Like I really like that. Very creepy. Um, where Lygia ba- takes over Rowena's hypnotized body and speaks to Verdant, I didn't see that coming at all, and I thought that was very cool.
1: Yeah, uh, I thought right off the bat, you know, her singing that nursery rhyme story or song mm-hmm. that she shouldn't remember was really cool, and I'm like, oh, she's going to sing some more. I'm actually enjoying this song because I'm kind of yeah. infatuated with uh, with the actress Elizabeth Shepherd, and right. uh, then she goes all Lygia. Like, I'm like. Oh, that's kind of, it's kind of like how the deadites take over people in Evil Dead, or at least Army of Darkness. <laughs> right. You know, like like that scene when uh, he's fighting, at, uh, he's with the girl and she's on an old hag. <laughs> it's like, oh, you, no. we're going to get you. It was kind of like that. And I'm like, oh, that's that's kind of awesome. Mm. I actually enjoyed that. Yeah,
0: that's very cool. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a very, just a, a really well done scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Oh, this is what I was talking about, I guess. So Rowena's, are uh, one of the points I was talking about, Rowena's nightmare yeah. scene starts out really cool, really interestingly, with like the dead fox and the flowers. I thought that was awesome. But then it just kept going on and on. And I thought it just went on for too long. Um, I, that said, I liked the beginning of it. I liked the end of it when she woke up and like the dead fox is staring her in the face. I thought that was really well done. That was very cool. Yeah. But kind of in the middle, I was like, oh man, like speed this up. Like what's going on?
1: I didn't catch the whole thing with the milk on the ground. Because mm-hmm. I don't remember her knocking over milk. No, yeah, thinking, I think it's just is, the cat. What is the milk for? It was that for the cat or is the cat lactating? Or <laughs> is that Vernon, Vernon's mess? Because Ligeia told them to bismarck, um, Rowena with, with your seed. I don't know exactly. I, I'm not sure exactly where that milk came from. If it is even milk, it could, it could be semen. It- <laughs>
0: it always be semen. That's a good point, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> <Thanks> for,
1: you <laughs> you never inventions. know. And, and, and they don't really bring it up. So I got, like you know. Right. your own imagination.
0: <laughs> oh, I you love know. that that's where your imagination takes
1: you. It, it could be paint, but that's no fun. Yeah, exactly. I, I just um, think it'd be kind of hilarious having Vernon with his glasses on, you know, <laughs> tugging it, but not knowing he's tugging it.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. What is happening?
1: I, I don't know all right oh
0: you, you can tell we're on the last film of an arc that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> things always degrade at this point so oh yeah uh um i love the uh the long take of chris while he's walking back and forth around the uh, around uh wow shit you just told me his name a couple minutes ago uh, kenrick around kenrick like he's questioning him yes and they do it in this long take and I, everybody knows i love long takes and i thought that was very well it was very cool like he walks from left he stands there asks a question he'll walk to the right asks a question and then keeps going back and forth very deliberately and i thought that was very cool very well done mm-hmm. um another thing I, I liked about uh corman's some of the technique he used here so he uses his odd shot every once in a while he like he'll speed up the film. When he wants to like quickly reveal a character, it's almost like the movie will go into fast forward for half a second and then stop. Yeah. And I noticed it when Rowena first saw Verdon at the gravesite for the first time when she fell off the horse. So very, at the, excuse me, at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And then again, when Verdon appears in the balcony doorway during this like post nightmare scene. With the food. It's, yeah, it's yeah. very jarring, but I really like it. I thought it was just, it was... Well, I don't know. It was
1: fascinating. That's, I guess, that's Corman's way of doing like jump scares, you know?
0: Right? Yeah, and that's exactly when that's exactly where it would fit. Like you would in a norm, in a modern film, you'd see a jump scare there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very
1: and then cool. they do the whole thing of like, "Hey, what's this food I'm holding?" <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, he because he doesn't reckon he doesn't remember. Again, we'll will right. be explained later on. Mm-hmm. And then Rowena going back to her room and the fox is gone.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and the and the milk is only like well, the semen only has a couple drops on the floor, so
1: Yeah, somebody lapped it up. So weird. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my god. Like
1: who, <laughs> I, I I bet you it's probably the uh, uh maid servant, uh, Penelope Lee. I bet <laughs> she treated it up. That's my guess. Oh. Where was okay. she in all of this? That's a very
0: good question. Good question. Yes. Yeah. Man, oh man. She's under the bed. Um and so then I just thought things really started to slow down toward the end while she's wandering the castle and they're like digging up the grave. Yeah. That just fell real slow.
1: Um I, I did but, like the grave scene just because you know you have the two grave diggers and then Christopher's assisting. Mm-hmm. And then when he gets to the to the casket, he's like, ah, you deserved your ale boys. You know, right. I, yeah. I like that. But what I what I'm just trying to, uh, to comprehend is that the casket has a, a window where the head is. Mm -hmm. He smashes his lantern on the glass to break the glass, but it actually breaks a lantern and sets the corpse on fire, which (laughs) I'm just like, okay, I wasn't seeing that, you know, I didn't see that coming. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And then, of course, the head being waxed. Now, Mm -hmm. was it the last movie where Vincent Price's character was an archaeologist? Maybe I'm, I'm mistaken here. But I recall he was into archaeology as well, because that pharaoh's head that they hold up later on in the film, I'm sure yeah. that was from another movie. That was a prop from another film.
0: Oh, I feel like it would have been Haunted
1: Palace. Oh, maybe. I, I honestly don't remember anymore. Because like, his characters are always well-educated people, because right. you know, back then there was no TV. Um, yeah. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure that on another occasion, he was an archaeologist or one of his character or one of Price's characters was. Yeah, I I'm sh- I'm sure I saw that pharaoh bust uh in the in the background of a scene somewhere. And, mm. uh, I I almost guarantee it, but Yeah,
0: I can't place you know. it for sure. I cannot place it. But
1: Yeah, I guess I'm going to have been. to rewatch the whole series again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> for that one pharaoh head in the background.
1: <laughs> or no. not.
0: Yeah, probably yeah. not.
1: Probably not. No. But,
0: um so Lygia's corpse was very well preserved, right? Very well. Yeah. So, okay. Explain. Uh, well, Hang on. Hang on one second. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. Um okay. I really liked this, another shot here of the camera, like pushing in on Rowena and then Verdon with the flames again in the foreground. Just an awesome shot. I just really liked the camera movement there. I thought it was very, very, very well done. Um. But so this whole thing, I mean, like he's cursed, right? Like that's what this whole thing is.
1: Yes, he, she cursed him before he died. Yeah. And the only to re, to release that curse is to say so. And she can't because she's dead. So okay. for the remainder of his days, he is going to be cursed and a subservient to Lygia until he passes away, I guess. Right. Yeah, or until she comes back somehow because obviously she's a witch. Right. Yeah. And so like the, the, the
0: reveal is that he murdered Lygia – And now, because he's cursed, he thinks he's killing Lygia again, but he's actually killing Rowena. Well, we think he's killing her,
1: and right, like the way I saw it is that I don't think he killed her at all because I I think she just died. Okay, but he's he's okay, but doesn't he specifically say I murdered her? Something of that nature, but I still I still don't believe he killed her. Okay, and the only reason he's attacking Rowena is because. Lygia doesn't like Rowena. So he is killing. Well, then maybe because, because he thinks he's, he's choking Lygia, Right. But I think he realizes that he, because, you know, Rowena talks to him saying, Hey, you don't have to be cursed anymore. So I think mm-hmm. he realizes and wants to get revenge on Ligia for making him a zombie for who knows how long. So he, then mm-hmm. he thinks that he's killing her because he looks similar because it's the same actress. But then doesn't realize in his delusion that he's actually hurting Rowena. But I think at the same time, Lygia, as an act of fuck you, is projecting her image in his eyes upon her to him.
0: I was going to say, is is your argument that he was still cursed and she was making him believe that he was killing... Ligia, Ligia was making yes. him believe that he was killing Ligia, but in reality, he was killing Rowena.
1: Yeah, so so I think he realized he's cursed. So now he wants to not be cursed anymore. So he wants to kill her because obviously she has right. an influence on him. So he's seeing her, but it's actually Rowena because Ligia is projecting herself on Rowena. But
0: what what cause would they? What justification can you give for the fact that he says he killed Rowena? I'm sorry for the fact that he says he killed Ligia. And what justification do you have that that's not true? I don't. Oh, okay. I, 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 Honestly, honest, that's
1: just how I feel about the film. I still gotcha. maybe I missed it. I don't believe I did. I, I I just don't think that he murdered her just because he doesn't act like a murderer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like no, no, but like okay. he doesn't feel remorse about Lygia at all. Like life goes on, blah blah blah. You know? Um yeah. So I I don't think. So I think she died. Maybe they did something together, and he's the cause of her death. You know, like a horseback riding accident. It's like oh, I'll pick that horse for you, and then the horse bucks her off, knocks her on the head, and then she's dead. You know, like maybe something yeah. like that. But I don't think he directly killed her. But I think maybe his actions or inactions might have might have uh, caused her death. I don't think it was a physical, like ch- physical choking. I just think it was like something he did made her die you know mm-hmm. but again i could be completely wrong i have no basis whatsoever that's just my good feeling
0: yeah i mean yeah hey if that's if that's what you get then absolutely you know it's justified in yeah, that alone That's what but, I got um, out of it. yeah huh interesting um i thought this was a just a very like epic and fitting fire to end this post cycle on
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> another fucking house burning down I'm like, real estate must be booming (laughs) wherever praise goes, you know? Right.
0: So funny. But I felt, I kind of felt bad for the cat though. I didn't. Because like the way he treats that cat, I was like, oh, poor kitty, even though I know you're an evil cat, but still. I
1: have a black cat and my black cat has done that to me. Um, But (laughs) the the black cat, like, you know, like he's he's choking the cat, which admittedly is quite a funny scene uh, for myself. But uh then it turns out that you know the cat was Lygia. Because in that final, <laughs> right. in the final scene, you know, he's with her in the fire, so they both perish. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, so I didn't feel bad for the cat at all. The cat was not innocent in any way, she or form in this film.
0: Yeah. It's still a cat, and I felt bad for it. Yeah. <laughs> um so then obviously we find out, you know, Rowena isn't dead. Yes. Um and see, and that's why another thing. It was a fucking romantic comedy. Oh, not a comedy necessarily, but just a, a musical. Like, because in my eyes, Rowena's not dead. Happy ending, and oh, look who gets the girl—her
1: boy Christopher. Well, he saves her. Maybe she'll fall for him when she gets over her trauma of Vernon Phil. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I I still don't think there was any romantic inklings between them. I think maybe, oh, maybe, man. maybe they were former lovers and it just didn't work out because he's just that big. He's just too big. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, so I, I I think maybe they used to be a thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, 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 <laughs> I get what you Christopher mean. Christopher Goh has got a big ass dick and uh. she couldn't <laughs> handle all of it. Oh
0: my God.
1: Uh, yeah. So so I think bec- because of his endowment, they had to break up. So now they're just friends because even if they want each other, they can't because it's so painful.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's probably, that's probably. Hey,
1: that. love hurts. <laughs> just like Nazareth said. Oh, man. Hurts. But
0: you can't argue the fact it's a happy ending, right? Like, that is for sure.
1: I don't know. A happy ending would be Ligia like dying and then Vernon surviving and he's still with Rowena with his uh, curse broken. It just so, it felt like a I happy have, ending to me.
0: To with me, Rowena it's tragic.
1: It's, it's see, uh, To me, it's a tragic ending. But I don't think I think the
0: asshole's dead. The asshole who killed his wife is dead, as he should be. And the curse is done. The house is burning down. And here's Rowena. Now she gets to have Christopher. To me, that was the happy ending that I saw.
1: Well, you know, we all have our different interpretations. Yeah, that's cool. absolutely. Um, I, I just, yeah. I don't see it the same way, but that's mm-hmm. okay. That, yeah. That's what makes movies fun. We all have that our own interpretations.
0: Right. Perfect. So do you have any other like interesting um, tidbits that you picked up from Corman uh, at all during that commentary at all?
1: Not really, because he got really quiet at the end of the film. Oh, okay. Um. Well, he said this was, well, this was filmed in five weeks because of the British laws. I guess, you know, they break for lunch, and break for tea.
0: Yeah, that's what was, I remember him saying that previously. That like he, he had five weeks for that, but he only really considered it four weeks. Or this may have been the last movie because of how many like how much time they take off basically during their shooting.
1: Yeah, it is funny because Corman did laugh during the commentary because he forgot that the house burned down. He's like, oh. "Yeah, <laughs> houses seem to burn down a lot here." Um, <laughs> I love that. But yeah, yeah awesome. apart from that, I don't really have that much more uh, that we've discussed. So yeah, that's it. That's it for me with my notes. Perfect. Cool. So
0: what is your uh, your final thoughts and your star rating for t- the Tomb of Ligia?
1: Uh Tomb of Lygia was a big change of pace compared to everything else in the post-cycle. And uh, to me, it was a welcome change because I was getting kind of tired of the same thing almost over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, this does follow the same formula, but because of its setting and just the use of the sun, um, it felt fresher for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I do actually rate this as one of the higher uh ranked films for me in this is arc. I liked it a lot. Actually, I liked it quite a bit. I liked it more the second time after seeing it, uh, because I had given it a lower score on uh on Letterboxd upon first watch and then upon second watch, even with commentary, I, I enjoyed it more. Um so I would actually want to give this four stars.
0: Oh wow, okay. Very yeah. good. Excellent. Yeah, very cool. So four stars from Mark. Yeah. Um, So the Tomb of Lygia is a fitting end to the Corman-Poe cycle, but not because it embodies the spirit of the rest of the series, but because it feels more like Corman evolving as a director. Um, It's a great representation of a director growing and taking everything he's learned from making these other seven films and producing arguably- Uh, the most interesting and well-rounded film in the finale. Is this my favorite of the cycle? No. Is it the most well-made? I'd argue that it is. Corman has his best use of the camera here, finding a lot of really cool shots that just, I don't know, were fascinating to watch. And he fully embraces the beautiful set pieces that they found for this, including the, the outdoor shots that made it feel like a much larger film than we've seen previously. And aside from the slowdown toward the end of the film, Lygia definitely had the most intriguing plot of the uh, post-cycle films for me because I genuinely just didn't know where this was going to go. And Price proves why he was the lead in seven out of eight films in the cycle because he's just damn wonderful at his job. I'd also say that Elizabeth Shepard as Lady Rowena was the strongest and probably my favorite female lead in the series as well. Um, She's strong, she's sexy, and I just love the way she took control of the screen. So even though Tomb of Lygia isn't my favorite of the bunch, I definitely say it's the best and most mature film we've seen throughout this arc. So I'm going to give Tomb of Lygia three out of four stars. So that is that, sir. So as tradition dictates, Mm -hmm. let's rank them. So okay. let's start at the bottom, Mark. What would you put as the your least favorite film in this Corman post cycle?
1: That one's easy uh, for me. It's The Raven. Okay, <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I figured. That's pretty Very fucking good. bad.
0: Yeah. So for me, I put I put Premature Burial at at number eight. Um, okay. Yeah, I just did not. Did not like that one uh, virtually at all. And it's the only one without price. And I think, and uh, you know, a different writer. I don't know. It just, it didn't work for me. Okay. Um, so what okay. about number seven? Uh, mask of the Red Death. Yep. Okay. I'm right with you. But I'm honestly surprised that you put mask there. Cause I thought you liked that one a lot more.
1: Uh, well, I, I still gave it uh, like out of five stars, according to my letterbox, I gave it three. So uh-huh. like the Raven, I gave it one star. So like, that's okay. the shit. Everything else is three stars and higher. So, yeah, it's really like it's ranked lowest or second lowest, but mm-hmm. it's still not bad. Yeah, like I'm not giving it only two stars. So, right. like to me, everything else is like three stars and up, which is over 50%. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, and I put mask at number seven also. For number six, I put the haunted palace. Interesting. What did you put for number six? Yeah, the house of Usher. Okay, very good. Yeah. Um, Number five, I have Pit and the Pendulum. How about
1: you? I've got Premature Burial.
0: Okay. Number four, I have The Fall of the House of Usher.
1: What about you? I've got Pit and the Pendulum.
0: Okay. And so um, what are your top three? Go from three to one.
1: Okay. So top three, I've got Tales of Terror. Then number two, The Haunted Palace. And number one, The Tomb of Ligeia.
0: Okay very good yeah so for me i put tomb of ligeia number three mm-hmm. i put the raven at number two and tales of terror at number one um but frankly tales of terror and the raven I, they could have been swapped and that would have been fine too okay um i just i really like
1: those two a lot it's funny how you love the raven and i despised yes. it
0: i know and i think that's like the only one where we were just complete opposites
1: yeah um, i think haunted
0: uh, haunted palace we were kind of not extreme opposites but definitely opposites on like i put mine at number six with one and a half stars
1: yeah um I,
0: what was yours number two
1: uh Charted palace was my uh number two yeah i just yeah, dug the okay. lovecraftian stuff i thought it was a nice change of pace yeah. compared to everything else and i mm-hmm. did like the supporting actors in the town a lot
0: right yeah definitely
1: even though the special effects were kind of uh, so so but i could mm-hmm. i could see past that
0: yeah no absolutely yeah. So for me, Tales of Terror, The Raven, Tomb of Lygia, Fall, of The House of Usher, Pit and the Pendulum, Haunted Palace, Mask of the Red Death, Premature Burial, are how I would rank the films in the Corman Pulse Cycle. Run through years one more time, and then we'll move on.
1: Okay. So uh, number. So I'll uh, start at the at the top. Yeah. Uh, so the Tomb of Ligeia, uh the Haunted Palace, Tales of Terror, the Pit and the Pendulum, Premature Burial, The House of Usher, The Mask of the Red Death, and The Raven. Very good. Woo! Yeah. All right. Arc complete.
0: Hell yes.
1: You know, it's it's funny because when you mentioned doing this arc, yeah. I was excited because I haven't really gotten into a lot of price films. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I thought this was gonna be a bit of a a bit of a, a work, you know, like I'm gonna to have to slog through yeah. these movies. But I really enjoyed them. Um I'm glad that it's over now because I don't know Mm -hmm. if I could do 10 weeks of this, you know? Right. And I don't think I'll be watching a Price movie for a while just to get a more modern flavor back in my mouth. Um, But I really did enjoy the films you watched, apart from one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Good stuff. Excellent. So before we uh, talk about what we're doing next, let's move on to round 42 of the Besting the Backlog Challenge. Okay. So this, of course, is where we try to conquer our personal backlogs one week at a time. So as a reminder, for this feature, we give uh, each other a one film to watch from our unwatched pile, be it our home video collection or one of our streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Instant Video, or Vudu. And we pick one film the other hasn't seen yet and challenge them to watch that film before the next podcast. But so they then give a quick review of each of those films. So... As a reminder, Mark, you chose "Welcome to the Punch" from 2013 for me to review. Yes, and uh, I chose "Mal" 1979's Malibu High for you to watch. <laughs> yeah, excellent. So I'm excited to hear about Malibu High. How is that?
1: Okay. Well,
0: hey there. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, this is Brandon from 24 Hours Later. I just needed to throw this out here. Mark does give spoilers for Malibu High. He goes over the entire plot. He says, though, that it doesn't really matter. It's not really about the plot. But I just felt it necessary to add in a spoiler warning. So you have been warned. There are entire plot spoilers for Malibu High. So keep that in mind. All right. Back to Mark and I from 24 hours
1: ago. The girl in the cover is not Mm -hmm. the actress in the film. Oh. It it doesn't look like her. Because I'm like, who's this girl? Um, But that's Okay. So, it's a story of a girl called Kim, who... Uh, a bit of a bad egg. She got dumped by her boyfriend. Um, he's dated. He's dating somebody else now, and she's very bitter towards them. Mm-hmm. Um, she's dropping out of... Cl- she's failing class because she's not caring about her schoolwork. She decides that she's going to better herself. So, she... Instead of, you know, doing homework and studying, (laughs) starts sleeping with the teachers. (laughs) Yes. To to get good grades. Good for her.
0: Smart girl, smart girl.
1: Which then she wants to get money, so she becomes a prostitute. Okay. Then um, another pimp (laughs) wants her, so she goes to him because she'll get a better cut of money and nicer clients Hmm. because right now she's fucking guys in the van of the pimp uh, who's also a local drug dealer. Of course. So she, uh, she, she moves in with the new pimp. And then with that pimp, he starts, he tells her that she's good enough to be an assassin. So she starts killing people. So she kills her old pimp and whoever else she has a contract out for making tons of money. And movie, the movie ends where she's contracted to kill this guy who turns out to be the father of the girl that is that her ex-boyfriend is with. So, she kills him. Da- or, uh, the daughter comes home. She kills her. Boyfriend runs after her on the beach. And the cops shoot her dead. Hmm. Wow. And then there's boobies. There's just <laughs> lots of boobies. Um So, so the actress, uh, please, Kim is Jill Lansing and this is her only film credit. Okay, She hasn't done anything else. Like hasn't done any, like, you know, background work hasn't done any, like, you know, she wasn't on a key grip. She didn't write anything. Like this is her only credit on IMDb. Um, you see her naked maybe two minutes into the film and then you see her naked a lot. Um, the movie does get bogged down by a lot of sex scenes. It's always with her. Mm-hmm. So it gets kind of boring after a <laughs> yeah. while because, because it's just her with her panties on, you know, with, with whatever John's and they're rolling around and like, I don't know what's up with the people in this film, but they kiss really weird in this movie. I hate that so much. It It's, it's like she's she's trying to swallow people's chins and vice versa, and like the mouths are wide open the tongues are just flat it's weird um so honestly, during the sex scenes, I was checking yeah. my Twitter uh, because I just I was like whatever i have already seen her naked like six times already I don't right, like I don't right. care anymore, <laughs> you know it's like you let's say you rent a porno movie or let's say you download illegally a porno movie. Uh, you don't want to see the same person naked all the time because it gets boring. Well, that's how I felt with uh, with uh, Kim in this film. Um, now, the girl who who, get, who gets killed and her dad gets killed. There's one really short sex scene with her, and that was awesome. Um, but yeah, apart from that, because it's so crazy going from like almost high school dropout to a, a like a low rent prostitute to a higher renter prostitute to an assassin for the mob. Um, I like the arc. Uh, it's, it's, it's completely over the top. It's hilarious. The movie isn't, isn't for laughs. laugh. So this is okay. not a comedy. It's a crime thriller, I wow. suppose. Um, so it's not made like, it's not made for laughter. It's, it, this is made like straight up. Um, and that's what I like about it. Like it's, it's, it's good for that. For that. Um, it's just, it's, this, this sex is kind of yeah. for me. um, yeah. And then it, that being said, though, like I bought this film at the Wasteland just because mm-hmm. of the cover. Malibu High, it looks like it's a, it's like a school comedy, That's like a I sex thought, comedy, yeah. like Porky's. Awesome. Um, it's only after I read the back of it when you tasked me to watch mm-hmm. it for this week. I'm like, this is not what I right. expected. It's almost better in Good. a way. So like I, I was expecting like a joysticks kind of like sex yeah. comedy. It looks like one, but it's not. Mm. So, that was kind of cool. That said, though, the sex got kind of boring. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, like, this was made in 79. So, like, I'm not hugely into the aesthetic of 70s, 79, '80, early 80s fashion that much, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, again, yeah. Bleh. But uh, that being said, though, I, I enjoyed the movie uh, for what it is, which is not what I expected. So, that was fun. So, I would give this two and a half out of four.
0: Excellent. Well, good. I'm glad you liked it. So, yeah, I feel like I'm gonna have to go back into the beginning here and add a spoiler warning now.
1: Oh (laughs) shit! I'm sorry. (laughs) No, you're fine. I apologize. No, that's fine.
0: I'm just gonna. I'll I'll make sure to make a note that there is a spoiler (laughs) for Malibu High incoming. So I will do
1: that. My apologies. I wasn't thinking. It's just the 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 plot is so fucking ludicrous. How can I not talk about it? But yeah, but even if you know what the plot is, and pretty much it's it says on the back of the DVD uh it's still fun to watch yeah. it's, it it it's it's a treat it's a treat
0: perfect excellent yeah so um i was watching welcome to the punch so i mentioned this last week that i wasn't exactly sure um why i even owned welcome to the punch but when i found the disc which took some searching i remembered exactly why so as I've mentioned countless times before, I'm sure I used to work for Family Video, which um, if you don't know, is like one of the only surviving and thriving rental chains left here in the Eastern part of the United States. Um, And when I worked there, I was able to get access to just tons of cheap movies and take advantage of the fact that I could one, set my own sales for the most part, and two, be the first one to have at those movie sales. So that's why I bought Welcome to the Punch. I had a a uh, 10 for $10 sale going on for movies that were like disc only because those didn't move very well. And I needed to like round out what I was getting. So I grabbed anything that looked halfway decent. Hence, Welcome to the Punch is now in my collection. Um, and so, yeah, um, it would take a very unlikely sequence of events for me to have ever watched this film. And that's exactly what happened here. Um, I I chose this basically randomly when I bought it. And can promise you that it would have just sat there in my binder forever unwatched if you didn't pick it for me, mark. Um, <laughs> and honestly, I wasn't very excited when you when you picked it. like I expected a generic bullshit action film and didn't really think it would be that enjoyable, but like you said last week, boy, was I wrong because Welcome to the Punch was fucking fantastic so first first let me let me just tell you like where I'm coming from with this movie. I don't okay. watch a ton of Police driven action films or crime thrillers. Um, I tend to keep my action superhero or disaster film related. Um, that's not exclusively, but that's generally what I'm watching when I'm watching a straight action film. You know, I've seen some of the big hitters, but not all of them. For example, The Departed and Heat are two that I still need to see. And I know those are pretty big ones. Yeah. Now. But because I still have some big ones I need to see, there's tons and tons of these smaller releases in this genre that I've never spent any time with, and frankly, probably never would. And Welcome to the Punch, I feel like, would would fit into that category, right? Like, you would agree that that would fit into that same type of category of, like, action, crime, thriller, Heat, Departed. um, I don't know, just uh, a bunch of other ones come to mind, but they're escaping right now. But um, anyway, so now that you know where I'm coming from, I'll say it again. Welcome to the Punch was fantastic. Um, The film... It follows a police officer as he tries to bring down like the man that changed his life forever by shooting him in the knee. Um, And that's really the plot. That's it. Um, That's what it's about, at least. But the way that writer, director, Aaron, uh, it might be Aaron, E-R-A-N is how he spells it, but I'll, I'll call him Aaron. Aaron Creevey is able to weave so much more into this so expertly is really admirable the film becomes about so much more than a good guy chasing a bad guy and just takes on this whole fucking life of its own, man. Um, Like no one character is purely good or purely evil. And that makes it just a lot more realistic than I expected. Um, Punch starts as a story of good versus evil, but becomes so much more than that. Looking at corruption and conspiracy surrounding the different characters. Um, And I don't want to spoil anything, and so I'm just hmm. I'm just not going to dive in anymore, and then I'm going to leave it there. Um, I will say though that I absolutely fucking loved the cast. James McAvoy plays the lead. He's excellent. Um, he doesn't have a ton of like different emotional range he has to play, but he makes the most of everything that he is given, and I loved watching him. Um, alongside him was Mark Strong, who he just looked perfectly for this role. I thought the casting was so well done. He's a badass without having to do too much, and he's not like a roided up badass, you know. Um, but he just looks like a badass. That's the way he is. Um, Andrea Riseborough is really like the only notable female in the film. And she does a really great job as McAvoy's partner. Um, and I was actually really, uh, surprised to see the governor from the walking dead in this. Um, and as soon as I saw him, I, I like, I instantly hated him, which is a nod to his acting ability. <laughs> um, and his acting ability is on full display here. Uh, I didn't write down his name in my, my review here, but I'm talking about David Morrissey. Who's also he plays the governor in Walking Dead. But um, but then, as surprised as I was to see him, I was like shocked to see the dude from Get Out. Daniel Kalua, I believe is how you would say that. I had I literally had no idea he was British. So seeing him here with this accent, it just threw me for a fucking loop, man. Um, but I mean he he's just as strong here as he was in get out. He just has a lot less to work with, but what he does do is is fantastic and he's awesome. Um, I guess like the only knock I would give welcome to the punch. And I feel like this is just something you kind of have to get over. If you watch films like this is all these trained people, they've been obviously spent hundreds of hours, probably using a gun. Just thousands of bullets are spread without hitting a damn thing. They don't hit their targets. So they miss their targets so much. It was like so annoying, but I I just feel like that's something it doesn't kill it. It's just like, Really? You you have a fucking like assault rifle and this soldier has a pistol and he gets a shot off on you and you can't. I mean, come on. But that's such a it's a, such a little thing compared to the overall picture that it's not a big deal. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. Thank you again, Mark. I, I just, as I said, there's virtually no way I ever would have watched this movie if you didn't pick it for me. And I'm really glad you did. Um, There's just so many different layers to this story. I'm not going to call it deep. But I'm going to call it. It's layered. It's very layered, um, and I'm I'm not doing nearly the justice that it deserves. And so, if you haven't seen this yet, check it out. If you if you like crime thrillers with excellent cast, because um, I just loved it. I'm giving Welcome to the
1: Punch three and a half out of four stars. Ah, oh, very nice. So if you do like that movie, check out Jim McAvoy's other like cop films that are, like direct to video. Like oh, there's okay. Trance and there's something, there's another one. There's a few that I've seen recently and they're all really good. Like I enjoy crime thrillers and when there are cops involved, even better. Um, so like films like this are right up my alley. Awesome. Yeah. I've heard a lot about
0: Trance. I didn't realize that was a crime thriller. I thought that was like a funky, kind of like art, almost artsy movie. I don't know how to okay, explain well,
1: it, but. I haven't seen Trance yet, but I think he's a cop and he does drugs. Oh, okay. Now, I could be wrong. Because I haven't seen it yet, but it, gotcha. it, it, se- it seems to me that's the gist of the film. But I don't know for sure.
0: Well, it's a Danny Boyle film. And it says an art auctioneer who has become mixed up with a group of criminals partners with a hyp- hypnotherapist in order to dis- recover a lost painting.
1: Oh, and he's a cop. I don't know. I, <laughs> so, he just upped <laughs> me as a fucking asshole, you son of a bitch. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Let me change my movie for you oh, next week.
0: Oh, man. No, that's all right. We're good. Um <laughs> But I love James McAvoy. I mean like Wanted I think has got to be one of the most underrated movies ever in terms of an action film. I fucking love it. Specifically like a comic book adaptation action film. I fucking love it. Um yeah. And then obviously he's an X-Men. You know, uh he's just – he's such a great actor.
1: Yeah, I like him but, a lot.
0: Yeah. You liked Walking with the Punch a lot as well, I know, because we were mm-hmm. talking about it before. Um Yeah, it's, it's such a good movie. So I definitely recommend it. If you haven't seen it, I would definitely recommend it. Um, at least. Um Coming from the time I've spent with the genre, I think it's really good. So, Mark. Yes. We have to pick what we're doing for round 43. So, not next week, but the next podcast. So, I have yours picked out. Okay. I am going to have you watch a film that you recently picked up on Blu-ray. Okay. (laughs) Released in 1972, entitled (laughs) Deathline, a.k.a. Raw Meat. It has Uh, Yes. awesome fucking cast and i'm jealous i don't own it and so i want to see how it is donald
1: pleasance involving murders yes. in the tunnels of london so yeah that's i mean,
0: oh just sounds right up my fucking alley like i just i want to watch it so badly yeah. so yeah yeah i'm excited to hear how it is well
1: i i just love donald pleasance like yeah it, how can you not how can you not like the guy even when he plays an asshole okay. so i'm curious to see how this one goes yeah good cool so what do i get to watch well, I'm looking at your list here, and uh, I've talked about this film before, so I don't know if you've watched it since or not, but I'm going to give you uh, Cheap Thrills.
0: Okay. Oh, good. That's, you've talked about that so much.
1: Yes. Right? Uh, yeah. it's, an Alamo, it's an Alamo Draft House release yeah. with uh, Ethan Embry and Pat. Ah, shit. I should know it. I follow him on, uh, on Twitter. Son of a bitch, Pat, Pat Healy. Pat Healy. Pat, yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, it's it's fucking awesome. Good. So, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, you should uh, you should thank me. <laughs> say, say thank you, Mark. Say thank you. Oh well, thank you, Mark.
0: You're welcome. <laughs> oh man, cool, excellent, good. Yes. So. You will be watching 1972's Deathline, or as it's also referred to as Raw Meat, which you can actually, it's listed as Raw Meat on IMDb, I believe, if people want to look it up. Yes. And uh, Cheap Thrills from 2013 is mine. So, perfect. Yes, sir. Excellent. So, before we sign off for the evening, we need to let you guys know just where in the hell it is we're all headed now that the Corman Poe cycle is complete. Yes. And frankly, this is just one of my favorite things to do is announce our next arc. So. Mark, yes. you and I discussed our options, uh-huh. which almost always, you know, we always come up with like this big, long list of crazy ideas, mm-hmm. some crazy awesome, some crazy awful, yeah. but we finally hash it out and settle on, on one that appeals to us most. Yes. This time, though, I think I think we ended up going with like the first idea that you threw out, which is really quite rare, but, you know, I was sitting down trying to come up with like some enlightening or thoughtful justification for our selection this time but you know what
1: there isn't
0: yeah sometimes you just (laughs) got to do an arc because you want to and uh, that's what we're doing here so as a lot of you will likely know vestron video started releasing blu-rays recently and amongst these were some collections like the waxwork movies and the warlock films well back in march they released. The Complete Wishmaster Collection. So all four of the Wishmaster films in one set. Mark, I I think you you said that you've been looking for an excuse to finally watch through them. Yes. So, yeah, here we are. Our next podcast arc is the Complete Wishmaster series. So (laughs) that means week one is going to be Wishmaster. Week two, Wishmaster 2, Evil Never Dies. Week three, Wishmaster 3, Beyond the Gates of Hell. And the fourth and final week of the next arc, which will end... 2017 is Wishmaster Four. The prophecy fulfilled. So <laughs> <laughs> the best part about these films, uh, well, th- there's two great things about it. One is that they're super accessible with just one purchase. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. So hopefully everyone's able to follow along with us. But two, there's only one film in this, and that's the original. That's a theatrical release. the re- The rest are direct to video sequels. So you got that right? <laughs> the quality is going to be all over the place, and I'm just excited to finally watch through these. And I um, have you seen, go ahead.
1: I, oh, I've seen the first one and I've seen the okay. second. The second one is very punny. So we'll see how that goes. Oh. But I believe three and four, which I have not seen, were filmed in Winnipeg. So oh, very that's good. another reason why I'm curious to see how it. It just seems where series tend to die, they'll, ah, hey, let's go get filmed in Winnipeg because of the tax credits. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like all well, yep. the new Chucky films have been uh, filmed in uh, Winnipeg. and uh, Oh, but they're so then, good. Yeah, we'll see uh, we'll see how 3 and 4 are, but I yeah. expect a whole lot of shit.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, I've not seen any of these and I just bought this on a whim cuz it I um I initially was planning on buying all the Vestron releases, but then I realized like like they released like Return of Living Dead 3 and then Chud 2 and it's like well, I don't have the first first sets of these, the, the the prequels to those? So I was like why am I wasting my money on the these? And so I stopped. Okay. But Wishmaster went on sale like two months before it came out. And so I was like, well, yeah, I'll lock it in now at Amazon. And if I change my mind, I'll just not get it. But then, yeah. of course, I forgot and it, was, it arrived at my house. So um, I got a good deal on it. So I was like, yeah, why not get it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, Excellent. All right. So we are wrapping up our 2017 podcast schedule with the four films of the Wishmaster series. <laughs> and we hope that you guys will join us on our questionable journey this holiday season
1: and if you don't like it you can blame me
0: <laughs> yeah you like how i tossed your name out there so they knew who to blame
1: that's quite all right good <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just throwing your hate over the border
0: yeah that's exactly right exactly <laughs> that's gotta wait like the crazy exchange rate and everything it just gets it gets less hateful when he gets up there so. by the
1: time he gets to me it's actually a compliment so whatever right
0: <laughs> oh man All right. So that's going to wrap things up for this week. So because this upcoming week is Thanksgiving here in the States and because we just wrapped up a nice long arc, we are going to take next week off and uh, be back with our review of Wishmaster from 1997 on Friday, December 1st. Remember, you guys can purchase the 4-Film Wishmaster Collection via the Vestron Video Collector's Edition release on Amazon to follow along the rest of the year. And just for reference, that set is marked at $27.15 right now on Amazon.com as of the time of this recording.
1: Oh, so, let yeah. me check on Amazon.ca. I bet it's 60 bucks. Give me 2 cents. I was going to say, yeah, it's probably
0: like $55. Uh, it, 51 52 <laughs> Oh, my
1: God. That's crazy. That's uh, fucking dumb. Well, it's an import, eh? So... Oh right! But you right, can buy right, right. one and two on DVD from Artisan for six dollars and twenty four cents. Oh, well, there you go. Ah, so it's expensive. Yeah. That's why I buy all my best run stuff uh, with .dot com because yeah, fucking crazy in Canada.
0: Exactly. Fuck that.
1: Hm. But really, fifty one bucks. That's only twelve bucks a movie, you Canadians. So yeah, you, you know, cheap asses. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so cheap. I kid. I kid. Black friday's coming coming. Deal.
0: Yeah, exactly. Hopefully there'll be some cool sales in month. Yeah. All right. So as always, if you guys have any questions for us here at the podcast, please hit us up using that hashtag on Twitter, InFilmWeTrust, for any questions you'd like us to answer. If for some reason you're you're not on Twitter, give us a call at 1-302-448-TALK or email us at contactatcinefessions.com for any questions you might have. And if you do like what you're hearing, please, Leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or wherever else it is that you might be listening to us. Positive reviews help us get more listeners, so we really appreciate you taking the time to leave us that review and telling your friends about the show. And remember, you can always reach us on social media. We love interacting with our listeners there. You can find us at Cinefessions on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. So make sure you're following along on all those platforms. And Mark, remind our listeners how else they can find you online.
1: You can find me online on Twitter, but I don't post a lot because I don't want to get any hate because Twitter is toxic. Uh, that's at uh, Mark underscore Nadeau. That's M-A-R-C underscore N-A-D-E-A-U. I'm on Instagram at mnado 2
0: Excellent. And you can find me on my personal Twitter feed at Simon1. That's P-S-Y-M-I-N-1. And I'm also on Letterbox under that same name, Simon1. So remember to definitely, if you haven't, check out the Cinefessions podcast special edition volume one on iTunes or YouTube where Mark and I review Jigsaw, which just came out a few weeks back. Yes. Excellent, Mark. Thank you. Um, I know it is not Thanksgiving for you that already passed, but I would like to wish a very happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners in the States. I hope you guys have a wonderful time with your family or friends, however you decide to spend it. And uh, I hope to do the same. So Mark, enjoy your week off.
1: Thank you. I will. And happy Black Friday to you.
0: Yes, and you as well. My favorite day of the year. So may the sales be bountiful and a credit card be uh, uh, available. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Absolutely right. So all right, I want to thank everyone for listening to episode one hundred and twelve of the Cinefessions podcast. And remember, in film we trust. We'll catch you next time.